0: Nick oh, Helm okay. and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on Food Bar Radio.
1: So going on? I don't know what the fuck was going on there, but I don't you know, know something was, happening. was going on. Something was going
2: on. Did we just play a sound effect of a door closing and you closed the door? Oh, okay. Well, so what like she done she'd done was she
1: underestimated how long there was left. She thought it was five seconds, but there was thirty seconds. So she.
2: Uh, so we stop- started early.
1: She stopped the previous show. No, we didn't start early, we started bang on time. As she started the previous show, realised, she's finished the previous show, realised that she'd undershot herself. Oh no. So she pressed uh, the button where she played the sound effect of a door opening <laughs> and closing.
2: While she opened and closed the door in real life. Which
1: actually was the exact, well, it was confusing, hmm. being in the room. Are
2: you going to put the sound effects on the podcast?
1: Which was, uh, no. uh, and, then, and then we actually started bang on time. Right. Um So
2: what you're saying is we've done our job. Straight bang on time.
1: We've we've absolutely nailed that. And I'm, I'm, I'm I don't use this lightly. A million percent done our job. <laughs> not not lightly. Um Uh my name is <laughs> Slim Shady. <clears throat> That's right. <laughs> my name's Nick Helm. My name's Nathaniel Metcalf. And you're listening to Five Star five star fan club family fun club <laughs> fan club <laughs> family fun club family Ooh. yeah yeah why not five star fan um club. well we're very um we're a little bit um well, what do you call it? Subdued this week.
2: Yeah, I think it's because, I don't know, I didn't know when we were starting. I was confused what was going
1: on. Well, that door didn't help, did it? Opening no. and closing. No. I thought, well, wow, there's not normally a door opening and closing so close to but air It's weird time. to got my
2: headphones on, the door opening closed, to the sound effects of a, like, a creaky door opening and closing, like a horror film.
1: It was sort of like a horror film, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a horror door. Mm. This... Literally means nothing to anyone that, <laughs> that is listening uh, later in the day because uh, the door sound effect won't be included no, despite way. our protests and requests. Yeah. Um, Maybe
2: you should include it for context.
1: You can see I'm drinking. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was being really <laughs>
3: unprofessional.
1: <laughs> You're just watching me drink a delicious Actually, you know what? Coke well, was- Zero. No calories. Zero sugar How is it?
2: Did you get that from the shop?
1: I did get it from the shop The shop have really up that First rule of fan club, tell your friends Second rule Tell your friends Just tell your friends for the, love of, for the love of Mike For the love of Mike
2: Yeah, that's what they say, don't they? Why Mike? I don't know, it's one of those American things I think where they Do you know like in um, Oh, hello John When um, <laughs> they don't want to say God I think
1: For the love of Mike
2: For the love of Mike for the love of gosh. Where they say they say things, don't they? Jeebus and all that. Oh, heck. It's off
1: the hook. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, right, um, I haven't watched much this week uh, because I've been working my fingers to the bone.
2: been working on your album? Yeah, A been new been album, been working, in the studio?
1: Working on my new album. Um... Yeah, cutting some uh, tracks.
2: Any good uh, stories from when you were doing it. Did uh, Did you get faxed some lyrics or anything? I
1: came, a, came uh, up with a couple of rhymes that are uh, kind of mind-bending.
2: And have you, is there anything that they do on, like, Rock Family Trees or any of those things where someone accidentally presses something and they've gone, wait, that could be. So I was just tinkering around on a piano and I came up with this. And it, it'll be like a... A
1: big, a big bit from a song or something. Um, well, I tell you what, actually, something similar did happen this week. was that? Where um, I'd written a um, a harmony part that's a little bit sort of like um, uh, polyphonic spree oh. meets the Beach Boys.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Focal harmony.
1: Yeah, and uh, didn't have anywhere to put it, and I was writing another song. And um, and it's kind of... And, I, and, I, and I've been writing this song in my head for about four years. So um, I, I, we sort of, like, got all... We were, like, working on structures this week so that I can just come in. I'm going to write lyrics over the weekend and then come in and just, like... I mean, it's difficult. Some songs um, come to you all in one go. So you get, like, the lyrics and the tune and um and you kind of just uh, it just pours out of you mm. for instance when i wrote the song he makes you look fat when was that like i think that was probably 2008
2: ish was it 2009
1: maybe 2009 i wrote that in one go like it, like i had that as a it was meant to be like um but baby it's cold outside he makes you look fat but baby that sort of thing mm-hmm. right and um, but I was uh, not very skilled on the guitar, and I sort of like knew my go-to chords were like E A G, or I think it was, I think what's that? I think it's E A G, yeah. And so I literally was stood in front of a, um, a music stand with a guitar and then I just wrote it, and it took me five minutes to write it. And you wrote it in real time. Yeah, and then for, like, many, many years, that was the one everyone was just like, oh, I'll play that one. And then some songs take months, and some songs take years. And some songs, especially when working in a studio, I'll go in with an idea for a song, and, um, uh, and I'll have, like, all of the tune and the instrumentation, and uh, I'll know what I want, it's a sound like but I won't have many lyrics written and so then you'll write this thing and uh, there's this there's this song literally that I start it's called it's a song called crash and burn which might not well it, it's at the moment it's scheduled to be on the album but I started it in 2013 <laughs> or 2012 and it was for my evil carnival um show and so everything... All the songs in that show were all written around a theme, so Crescent Burn was written for that. Makes sense. So we've got all this... We've got this amazing backing track for it, which is incredible, and... Do, uh,
2: do, do you have lyrics first or music
1: first, or both? Well, this is exactly what I'm telling you. <laughs> Some of it all comes together in one go, where I literally started playing... Uh, the chords, and then I, and, and and when I wrote He Makes It Fat, I was just like, uh, I've seen your new boyfriend, he's really good looking, if he was a rent boy, I'd probably book him, and I literally, that all just came in one go, and then it's just like, uh, that was like the easiest thing I've ever written. But this thing, Crash and Burn, was for 2013, for my Eva Knievel show, and uh, I wrote all the music, and it all came together, but I didn't write any lyrics. Or what I found this week is that I've written too many lyrics. I've written, like, uh, four songs' worth of lyrics, uh, but they're all dick jokes, and I... It's too many. I just think that the song is better than that. So now it's this thing where it's kind of like... So what I was... I I mean, I told you the other day that I'm writing this album, but I didn't... But my, my main concern was the fact that it's not necessarily a comedy album some of the songs aren't very... Uh, not by by design, aren't funny. <laughs> They're just songs. So it's kind of like...
2: Do you feel a pressure that it should be funny? What do you think are people different. expecting? What are the expectations of Nick albums I don't
1: think anyone's expecting anything, to be honest. I I, I, um, but all, I, I think what I'm doing is I'm writing this album for me. So it's sort of like a concept album about... Um, uh, oh. Uh, some difficult stuff I went through, um, but um, it's—I mean, I, I've been writing it on and off since about 2016, and now it's literally—I was working on other stuff in the studio, and then it's literally just like, can I just write, can I just get this album done now?
2: What you—is this the one you were working on before Edinburgh? even? were you working on it for ages and ages?
1: Yeah, I've been working in, on it on and off for about four years. Jesus. Um, <laughs> so you're in the studio and you're going fucking hell is this what Brian Wilson went through <laughs> um, anyway so I've written this um, you brought a
2: sandpit into scene in. uh,
1: I mean I, you can totally see that we're, we're in this sort of bunker in Deptford and um, me and uh, my producer Andy Jones and um, it's just the two of us and this I go it takes me an hour to get there an hour to get home I sit in the studio for eight hours and I kind of um, write and record bits and pieces and then, you know... And then sometimes your voice isn't in a very good place so you just sort of, like, do demos and stuff. Um, Anyway, so I wrote this harmony part (coughs) which is sort of, like, this... doesn't relate to anything particularly. And I'd written this other song which I've had sort of, like, going around since about 2016 and I'm um, uh, writing lyrics for that. And that's actually... I think when I actually sit down to write that, that won't be that difficult because it's got it's got a very clear concept where you just sort of like follow the thread through it and you go, right, OK, that's what that is. But it feels a little bit like... Um, in my head, I was just kind of like... Sometimes you... I don't know if you find this when you write stuff. Sometimes you have an idea for something but you're sort of a little bit scared about um sitting down and actually committing to it because you think it might not be as good as mm, uh, Yeah, uh, yeah like exactly. That. And the thing is thing about writing stuff is that you should actually just sit down and uh, technically what you should do is just sit down and write well,
2: it regardless of what however it's because
1: out. no one's going to see it until you present it no no and um and then it gets it down and when it's down on paper then you can actually f- fiddle around with it and sort of change it and make it better or scrap it or never yeah. let anyone but when it's down then it's down but i basically have ideas floating around my head over and over and over again and i'm I stand in my own way of sort of, like, getting it down on paper uh, because I'm just scared that it's not as good... It's not it's not ready yet, or it's not... Yeah,
2: I think, but I think you can rush stuff. I saw a thing the other day. I had one of those things on Facebook where it tells you, here's a tweet or a Facebook post you did four years ago, and I basically made a joke, and I saw it and went, that's really poorly worded, and I knew exactly how to say it funnier. Now, so you go, you'd actually, you wouldn't approach it from that point of view, you'd approach it from like a naive person looking at that thing and say, What's all this? and have all the joke elements of it. So it's almost like I immediately knew how that joke would be funnier if I wrote it now. And you'd already tweeted it, you see? Like four years ago, I'd done a joke. Just tweet it again? Yeah, you just do the new version. You go, I'll just do the better version. And yeah.
1: you
2: do, yeah. You go, it's funnier.
1: Yeah, that's like us talking about John Carpenter. Every week we try and nail exactly what it is that we Mm. want to say about him. Hey, we'll get there. We'll get there one day. (laughs) Um, But so I had this harmony part and then I had this other song and I was just thinking this song sort of needs something to elevate it. And it turned out that this harmony part that I'd written is the same chord structure as this song that I'd written and then we put them together and then you go... That's fixed both things. Mm. That's kind of that's that's given this harmony part a, 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 a home, but also it's elevated this other track. Mm. And they kind of it's kind of like a question and answer. Yeah. So they kind of like two halves of the same problem. And um,
2: I think most things like that you can kind of cook as well. Like you've got the problem. And you can just let your brain do it in the background sometimes. That's, and it's just like...
1: That's how I work. Yeah. I, I normally have an idea for something and then I will just sort of like... It will just be simmering Just park it.
2: And it's just like, work on that while I'm doing the washing up.
1: Well, <laughs> I watched the TED talk about genius. And that genius isn't the fact that you're a genius. Genius is that you are visited by a genius. Or visited by genius. Mm. And a genius is sort of like an imp or a, a goblin. Or something that sits on your shoulder and gives you the powers temporarily to do something. And there was this Tom Waits thing where he was driving and he had an idea for a song, and he just turned around and he went, "Can't you see I'm driving?" <laughs> <laughs> and then he just went home, and then he,
2: and he lost he lost the song. Maybe that's what was happening to William Shatner in that Twilight Zone. He was trying to tell him <laughs> like a really good lyric or something <laughs> for one of his albums. For one of
1: his albums, yeah. Yeah, maybe.
2: <laughs> and he misunderstood what it was.
1: William Shatner's uh, has been out. I've i I've said this before. It's an amazing album.
2: Yeah. Well maybe afterwards the the, uh, the Gremlin came back and he went, Oh I've been trying to tell you this since the sixties, mate. Yeah, but I
1: mean like it was thirty it took thirty years to write that album by by your
2: mm. It's taken you four.
1: I mean, yeah, but the, but also it's kind of like um What's interesting, well, I don't know if it's interesting, but what's interesting, it feels timed, doesn't it? What's interesting interesting is that there's the four songs from this show and then there's the four songs from my last show and they all complement each other. But they're sort of like, um, they were written for the shows and then when you're doing an album, it's just kind of like, um, that's great, but... I've got lots of other ideas that I'm trying to fit in as well. Yeah. So you, you kind of like you don't, you don't want to just make it kind of like a tick list of all the stuff you. I haven't I haven't recorded all the songs that I've performed live. Even there's songs from all my shows that I
2: have. But they might not fit the album. But that's like musical, is not they? When you hear lots of <coughs> songs that were written for musicals, it's often that. Or you'll find out a song that's a well known standard was written for a musical. And then when you see the musical, you go, Oh, of course, that song is about that event that happens in that story, except you can you can take that out of context and it still makes sense in a wider the wider world. its own song has its own kind of context and um like in uh Oliver or something so at the time all the songs from Oliver were then taken out and then re-recorded by current pop stars sure. day, right? I mean, you, and,
1: and you grow up thinking this is just a song about someone that wants some more porridge Yeah, <laughs> but, and, uh, but then you say no that's from Oliver and you go oh, that makes, makes much sense. more sense makes, makes sense much now. more sense <laughs> um, yeah there's a, but also there's sort of like you get it you get it where like Paul McCartney wrote a song for this film and they didn't use it <laughs> Which song was that? I can't fucking remember. It was something like it's not Home Alone, but it was some sort of Christmas film where Paul McCartney wrote a song for it, and then they were just like, um, "Oh, um, was it Trading Places?" Oh, Spies Like Us. Spies Like Us. Paul yes. McCartney. Yes. Oh, we read it from the the, the mm. uh book, which <laughs> fucking hell. So he was a guest last year. Mm. Great guest. Good guest. Amazing book. Nice man. Wild and Crazy Guys, great book. I actually uh, was in the BFI this week and I saw that this guy was reading Wild and Crazy Guys and I wanted to go over to him and say, that's a great book. (laughs) Um, But um, I I didn't have the nerve. And then he came over because he recognised me and he said, are you Nick Helm?" And I was like, oh, yeah. And he said, I just wanted to say, and I said, you're reading that book. It's a really good book, isn't it? And then I just bored him to the point that he wanted to leave. This is like, yeah, that'll teach you to come over to me and <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um it's a really good book. Um but uh, so he was a guest last year. I got I, I got a copy of the book. Um I read I read about half of it in about a week or a couple of days. Like I just zipped through it and then I lost it. And then I didn't have it again for a very long time. And then when I got my phone nicked, I started reading it on public transport. I found it. And then uh, I found it half a year later. Started reading it on public transport, zipped through it. And then I finished it last week. Uh, so it's taken, me, <laughs> it's taken me about seven months to read this book, which is a really easy read. Um, it's a really good book if you're interested in 80s comedy and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so spies like us, Paul McCartney wrote a song for Spies like Us.
2: <laughs> he sort of volunteered it he didn't volunteered he?
1: it because he was a big John Landis fan, mm. and he said, Oh, really knew the song, and John Landis was like, okay
2: he was but I think he was also a bit like not really like <laughs> he was that sort of like and a bit like the, he was such a be- he was a big Beatles fan, so he, on one hand he was like oh, that 's amazing, and on the other hand, he' was a bit like they
1: had already uh, edited the film yes, and they couldn't yeah. go back and re-edit it. Yeah. And it was just like, well, what am I meant to do with this I went to the And the studio,
2: like, yeah, well, you definitely have in the Paul McCartney.
1: And he so. goes, well, I can't open with it because none of the yeah. shots were. And so he said, well, I'll just play a little bit of it at the end. <laughs> 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 but it was sort of like... Yeah, uh, the good news is Paul McCartney has agreed to write our title <laughs> song. Bad news is it's not one of his best. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at that. Bad news is it's not John.
2: Have you seen, uh, do you remember Paul McCartney's song for Vanilla Sky? No. Um, it's it's one of those songs. It's quite a sort of, considering it was, what's Vanilla Sky, 2002 or something? Uh, I think,
1: was it 2002, 2001? It was, um, I went to see it with my friend Chris.
2: Um, in that he's done he does the it's one where Cameron Crowe does like the whole album and sort of has like new stuff from I think he has like a couple of new like REM songs in it
1: and he commissions 2001, 2001. <laughs> oh my god I'm fucking I'm, cool. I'm on it I'm fucking cool man ask me what year was Vanilla Sky 2002 2001 mate I think I'm pretty sure <laughs> Yeah, that nice. yeah. is. No, well I remember done. it from that Stanley Kubrick film. <laughs> they're, all, they're all watching, they're watching it, it on it in the Inflight. Yeah, yeah, yeah in Entertainment.
2: I uh, remember that now. Um, <laughs> but he does his song from The Other Sky, and it's a kind of Beatles esque song. But it's like it's like he's watched a film, not really understood it, and gone, it's like quite a. like a. It's mad, isn't it, that film? It's mad. I don't know. I'll do
3: like. I write a mad song. And he just tried to sing what it's all about, like. Um, there's a vanilla sky. It's made of custard. It's all
2: like that. It's all like,
3: what? <laughs> so it's saying that sort of fairy sort of, hey, I get it. Like way out, yeah. Like a way out. Yeah, I know. We do that. We do that. Hey, you know what? Hey, I used to say LSD. Hey, I know what you're talking about. And it's got custard and a couple of strawberries in the vanilla sky. And it's all like that. And you go, what is this Paul? And there's it's a great. man
1: sticking stuff on my butt. Oh, it's weird. <laughs> it's the vanilla sky.
2: I tried to get it. I was going to have it this week. I couldn't find it. I couldn't what, find it. What, vanilla sky? Paul McCartney's vanilla sky. Can we see if we can find that at you all? You
0: tried to get it this week?
2: I was going to look it up. I couldn't find it on Spotify and or anything. And yet
1: you've somehow magically managed to shoot on it into yeah, the conversation. Yeah, yeah. You've been thinking about it all week. That's it.
2: Sometimes it's just cooking at the back. The goblin was talking to me about vanilla <laughs> sky <laughs> when I was trying to get sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, i um i I was thinking about it because it was on it was it's on in the sky good well that's it I saw the film it was based on was a film called abres Los Ojos it was oh, like yes. a spanish film right yes. yeah and i abso- I saw that in the cinema and I absolutely loved it and then when I found out they're doing in the sky, I was so looking forward to it and I think it works really well it's basically <laughs> shot for shot Cameron Crowe's done nothing
1: really yeah it's basically exactly I think I, I no it's not shot for shot I've seen it i've seen it what's it what's it called? Abras las los ojos. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got away with that. I've got Corona, um, which means what? Open
2: your eyes, which is
1: what they yeah, say in the open, film. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen. Open your eyes. It's got Penelope Cruz in mm. it, has isn't it? But um, and she's, then she's, in in, she's in both of them. Oh, and, keep uh, talking. Keep talking.
2: <laughs> keep You're playing <laughs> <of those.
3: laughs> uh, uh,
1: uh, Oh no! Uh, not very well. Oh
2: no. It's a vanilla sky. Um, <laughs> so, no, yeah, in that, There's but a like vanilla a vanilla like, sky. They, they, they
1: don't. On my handkerchief.
2: <laughs> what can you
1: see? <laughs> I can see the birds and the bees in the vanilla sky. <laughs> they. Um, no, that's great. <laughs> I think I'll play bass and drums.
3: <laughs> Listen,
1: the interesting thing about that track is I actually locked the door from the inside of the studio and I play all the instruments on that one.
3: <laughs> yeah, but the bad thing was I did it one after the other and they forgot to put them all together. <laughs> so it's like just goes on really long and then it's just like a big drum bit and then a bit of a bass. It didn't really work. Did <laughs> um, <laughs> end up not putting it on the album. Um, <laughs>
1: But anyway, we fired Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> right.
2: For guy. Oh, yeah, no, was saying Abras Los Ojos. It was just, it's very similar, very similar film. It didn't change much.
1: No, it is similar, but it's sort of, I think what Cameron Crowe was going for was he was like saying it's like a cover That's version. That's what he
2: was thing was saying, and he goes, yeah, it's a cover version of, uh, it's not a remake, it's a cover version. And
1: like this, like, because the original film doesn't have kind of, um, recreations of Bob Dylan album covers in it, no, does it? it so, no, it doesn't. So, so I mean, it's not a shot-for-shot shot remake, mm. is it? it but it's a, it's a similar story. I mean, it's a similar film, but I think that... The, uh, what I like... When I when I really like remakes, I like them as sort of like companion yeah. pieces.
2: And that's what... I think that worked, and I remember really loving *Vinland let when I saw it, because I was going, wow, that really is like that film I loved. But then I wonder... How well that film holds
1: up in any regard today? I mean, I watched it once at the cinema. It's weird, it's got Kurt Russell in it. Kurt Russell in it, isn't it? Fair. And I remember at the time seeing Kurt Russell on screen in sort of like um, amongst all these A listers. I don't know if it's sort of like an insult, but I think of him very much as sort of like a B movie actor. It's like they try, Like there was a time, wasn't there? That kind of Stargate in the, in, era. In, in the best possible yeah. way. I, I, I mean, Kurt Russell was probably one of my favourite All favorite the favourite actors of all time.
2: Oh, for sure. But the films he made in the 80s that people remember him for were almost universally flops, or like small movies that never really made... I he mean, wasn't...
1: all the way through... So we've, we've, I'm sure we've said before, but like uh, by the time he did Tango and Cash, it was kind of like Sylvester Stallone stars in Tango and Cash with Kurt Russell. Yeah. It wasn't like when I was a kid it was just like those two guys are huge stars. Yeah. And then when you're older you realise that Sylvester Sloan was the big star yeah. and Kurt Russell was this guy that people you may have you may remember him from the barefoot executive. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like he had been around he was a child star. Mm. I mean he's had a fucking weird career.
2: Yeah, from like the sort of mid sixties, isn't he? He's like a child star and been on T V shows and things. And he's in um Elvis at the World's Fair. And then played he Elvis. Did a, he
1: did a film with Elvis mm. and then he played Elvis. I mean, he, And he's a bit of a weird joke but because he did not really look like Elvis. No. But <laughs> he's great in that um, John Carpenter yeah, Elvis yeah. film, which is a TV movie. Mm. Um, weird that you're talking about Open Your Eyes. Um, I got you that. Oh, wow. When I say I got you that, what I actually mean is I bought it twice on two separate trips to FOP. It's uh, Eyes Without a Face. I saw this. For the
2: first time, about six months ago. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah, it's wicked. It's absolutely brilliant. Mm.
1: I bought it, and then it was on my things to watch thing. Forgot that I bought it, and then I went and bought it again. So, there you go, mate. Thank you very much. I've got well, I'm early stages of dementia, and you're <laughs> reaping the benefits. <laughs> um, Eyes Without a Face, yeah. Okay. So, it's great. It's Right, I'll watch it this week, and then we can talk about it we next can, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's what we'll do. We're going to have, like, a new format for the show. Where yeah, we were
2: talking about this, weren't we?
1: Well, I was, like, basically saying that you like bad boys so much, and I've recently rediscovered how much I like Martin Lawrence, so we should have had, like, should a...
2: sort of sunk up more.
1: A Martin Lawrence fest, and then we should have talked about Black Knight. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> for, for an hour. For an hour. It's weird. I managed, to, I managed to list about four Martin Lawrence films that are, you know... So there's National Security... Black Knight, nothing to lose. Nothing to lose are quite light. Oh God, that was fucking awful. Was There's it? that bit when um, Tim uh, Tim Robin sets his feet on fire or something, right, yeah. and he tries to put them out to Scatman? <laughs> like Scatman <laughs> That's was what this, I mean, yeah. Scatman was this new song that no one had heard <laughs> before, and they were like, "Fucking hell, this is a real good one." And so they do sort of like this uh, comedy sequence where Tim Robbins is yeah. uh, putting the fire out on his legs to... Sca- and you just go, like, no. Well, in that this way... Is t- this is a terrible... This is this is dated it before it's even been uh, entered the cinema. You know,
2: In the mid-90s, there was a real concerted effort by the studios to make Martin Lawrence a huge star. He was in lots of things. And in that way... <coughs>
1: he was a huge star.
2: Yeah, but like it was almost like... It was like he was in some But none of them really hit home, did they?
1: Well, I watched the thing about Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence was a huge star. He used mm. to do deaf comedy jam. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he was on Saturday Night Live. Uh, and he has been banned for life from Saturday Night Live. What did he do? So he went on Saturday Night Live and he did his <laughs> opening monologue. And his opening monologue was all about um, uh, how a lot of women... Uh, this is early 90s. Uh, about how a lot of women, uh, their personal hygiene uh, isn't at its best and um, they uh, don't wash their assholes enough. <laughs> he says, I like kissing women all over. I like kissing women all over. But a lot of women, it doesn't sound like they know how to wipe their ass. And what they have to do is they have to douche themselves. Um, and he did like a five minute monologue on it and everyone was in the fucking studio going Open we, mouth. we didn't approve this <laughs> <laughs> and he just does this five minute routine about it he just opens the show like saying a lot of women's assholes aren't clean and then um they said well you're bet I don't know how they would have banned him would they have banned him <laughs> like after the monologue <laughs> or at the that. end of the show and then
2: it's at the end of the monologue goes yeah Anyway, we got coming some... up later, we got Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> See you after
1: the break. <laughs> but, that, but that's like what it would have been. And then, like, it was like, did. Do you know what I mean? Did everyone. Did he just. Because it's an hour and a half. So mm. would he have done all of the sketches? And would have everyone have been a bit like. Like, avoiding eye contact with him? <laughs> or would they have told him straight away, you're in trouble, mate? You'll get. You, you, you. I mean, You'd would you would have to tell him after the show, because otherwise
2: it would just put people off, wouldn't but it? But there'd be a vibe. Yeah
1: going what? The, what did you do that? And uh, anyway, so uh, recently Eddie Murphy did um, uh, Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live and uh, Chris Rock was on, uh, uh, and um, I can't remember who el- who the other. Who Dave did. Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, and um, what's his name off of uh, 40, Thirty Rock? Um, oh yeah, Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan, and everyone was like, "Well, you know, who's missing." Not in well, I I wasn't thinking that, <laughs> <laughs> but now in in hindsight you go post, yeah it's post bad boys suppose, for life era but he was uh, in post bad boys in the po- but he hasn't made a film since two thousand and eleven but no. um you watch it and you go oh yeah I suppose that um, but he was banned for life and then they said uh, they said uh, how do you feel in the press for bad boys for life how do you feel about being banned for life from Saturday Night and he couldn't give less of a shit
2: yeah I think that's the impression I get i don't think he can i think he's like i think people are quite happy if they've just or some people are if you've just got if you can get rid of like a lot of the ego and sort of realize that you were paid however many million to do a film like four or five years ago you're like brilliant I've, i'm fine thanks
1: i never have to work again. yeah i'm fine have you ever watched will smith's youtube channel no, didn't know he had one. Yeah, he's got a YouTube channel. <laughs> Is he doing he's a YouTuber. <laughs> um, he uh, he just walks around meeting people. Uh, uh, one this this week there was one where he was prom- he was unlike um, Conan O'Brien, Jimmy Fallon. He was, did all the late night talk shows and um, uh, promoting Bad Boys for Life. And he, uh, Larry David was on, and him and Larry David talk about golf in a green room. And then he goes and meets this guy in New York uh, who. Um, uh, plays street golf he found basically it was this homeless guy actually he, he's not homeless I don't know why <laughs> I've added that to it but it's this, it's this old guy that basically found a, a golf club in a bin he picked it up and I think because I, I, he was going through bins you my know, brain that. has made a connection there that doesn't exist because you actually see yeah. his home in the, uh, in the YouTube <laughs> thing he finds this golf club in a bin, picks it up, and then he finds these uh, milk cartons. And uh, he has taught himself how to play golf in the street.
2: But what's he doing? He's just trying to get into drains and things. What's he
1: trying to do with it? Yeah, he, he, he knocks it into a bucket, and Will Smith found, about him, found out about him because Will Smith plays golf. And then he went to New York, and he met this guy. <laughs> and uh, they did the thing. It's obviously the PR thing where they've gone, this is what you can do for your YouTube thing this week. But um, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like he's—I don't know when he has any downtime. He's literally filming himself the whole time, meeting people, being nice to people. Like he's good at golf. He's good at golf, so it's not like he's like being.
2: But I suppose, like, he's not being
1: modest about it.
2: I mean, how many films he do a year now? Like maybe see, he probably still has two or three movies out, doesn't
1: he? He did three or four this year. Yeah, he, did. He, he did Aladdin. He did Gemini the, Man. Gemini Man. He, Bad Boys for Life has just come out. Like he's always working. Yeah, you're right. But he's not having hits anymore. No. No. Oh, yeah. oh well. Aladdin was fucking awful. <laughs> I didn't see it. Fuck me! It was fucking terrible. Fucking hell. Anyway, fucking hell. <laughs> oh my god.
3: Kurt Russell, Aladdin was. Kurt Russell was in. Fuck.
1: <laughs> Fuck. I mean, imagine if that was how you reviewed stuff. <laughs> fucking hell. What were they fucking thinking? I mean, it's one from one extreme to the fucking other, isn't it? You've got the Lion King, which is is a shot-for-shot shot remake, which is fucking fucking atrocious. And then you got fucking Aladdin, which is, veers so far off the actual fucking source material, but fucking hell, the changes they've made make no sense. It's fucking awful. Fucking hell. I went, I, went, I went to see it with my girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. and she's a Will, she's a Will Smith fan. And we came out, and she just said, poor Will Smith. Because he was even in it, do you know what I mean? I mean, is he good in it? Not really, because. uh, So Robin Williams did so much improv I'm I'm not a massive Robin Williams fan. Sure. I I mean, when I say I'm not a massive, I mean it's almost impossible to be able. It's impossible to tell someone with a Robin Williams tattoo that you don't like him. Do you know what I mean? But um, I I didn't. I I wasn't a fan, Um, and um, but you know. Um, I've said it now. I find I found I found his films overly sentimental. I think he's great in Aladdin, but what happened with Aladdin was they wrote the script, and then he did sixteen hours of improvisation. Imagine that! <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> it's an eighty-minute film. Went above and beyond. He's not even in it all the way through. Fucking hell! So um, so they they pieced together. Basically, he did so much improvisation on Aladdin that it wasn't um, eligible for a best screenplay Oscar. Oh, so they said we would like to we'd like to nominate it, but basically, Robin, it's all. Well, I, I don't know why he didn't get best actor Oscar for that. Yeah. Really, they should just give him a
2: credit, shouldn't they? He did just change the thing and gone,
1: actually, just give him a credit on the film. Well, that's all it is, isn't it? Yeah. That's all screenwriting is. Well, that's all writing is. Yeah. is making something up and then writing it down. Yeah. Only he didn't do that. He just made it up in the room and then they pieced it all together from all the, his best ideas. Um, but when you've got a performance that is kind of like pieced together over 16 hours of improvisation, then, uh, then that's that. When you've got a script, it just feels so incredibly stilted because it's live action. There's loads of money being spent on it. So, Will Smith doesn't really... It's, it's weird, because he's sort of Will Smith, but then He's the best person for the job.
2: Yeah, and they can't, they can't win, can they? It's a, it's a film they probably shouldn't have made, because it's an impossible task. And the only way they could have done it was they would have had to have done it when Robin Williams was still alive and gone. You would be, just play that part in the same... You will do it again. No.
1: No? Because it wouldn't have worked with Robin Williams. Why not? Because it wouldn't have been the same. It, it, it
2: would have been Robin Williams... 20 years later?
1: No, it would have been... Um, Aladdin is pieced together from 16 hours of improvisation. You could probably do that now. No, but it would be different, wouldn't it? A, it wouldn't be the same jokes, so uh, it would be live action, so it would be improvising in front of it. Which... Uh, who wants to see that, <laughs> right? Uh, watching a man uh, pulling ideas out of his ass. you know? <laughs> and... Uh, so, it, so if it was if if it was a live action Aladdin with Robin Williams, it just wouldn't work because um, film costs more money than tape. Hmm. So he's sort of like he's, you know, he'd be improvising in front of a camera. That it'd be uh, hundreds of extras in costume. Well, I
2: suppose if Robin Williams was alive and they'd cast Will Smith, everyone would have gone mental. <coughs> so what would have been. Why don't you just
1: get Robin Williams too? It's but it, it, it's a, it's a crazy. Don't make it. Yeah. Just don't make it. It's too right? hard. I mean it made it made a billion dollars but like um but like it's just it's it's a fucking it, so my point is that if Robin Williams was alive it wouldn't have worked because basically he wouldn't be necessarily doing the script from the animated version so people would be there going oh it's different mm. and also it's kind of weird uh, and uh, unless it was the same standard as that I mean, you can't. So if Robin Williams was alive and they were making a, mm. an Aladdin remake, you'd go, "Well, what's the fucking?" Don't, mm. d- it, it wouldn't work with him in it.
2: And also, it suggests that given they've recorded sixteen hours, there was a good fifteen hours that were like,
1: no. I, I mean, imagine. <laughs> um, I don't think all of it was probably appropriate for children. <laughs> you know? True. And then, so so you got. Uh, So then you go well. Who is just? Hmm. So you get Will Smith because he's like a personality. Yeah, he's so he's he's like so different from Robin Williams, but he is also kind of like equally beloved. Mm. And you go, yeah. Well, no one no one can hate the fact that Will Smith is in this Mm. because everyone likes Will Smith. Mm. And then, uh, but it's fucking fucking hell. It's so it's stilted. So you've got him sort of like being sassy and you kind of go, yeah, but it's really stilted and it's kind of, it's just not a good, it's not a good, it's not his fault actually, but he's not even the best thing in it. So it's kind of weird. It's rubbish.
2: It's Guy Ritchie films, isn't it? Guy
1: Ritchie. It's fucking, fucking mental. Everything about that film is fucking mental. <laughs> There's a bit, was it, because uh, mm. Um So I've, we must have talked about this before. There's, um... Iago, yeah, okay, the, the parrot... Oh, yes, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: ...is, is not anthropomorphised. It's a CGI parrot which acts like a parrot. It's just a parrot. So in <laughs> in the animated film, they're kind of like conspirators together, yeah, right? Yeah, they're, they're, you
2: know they're right? both co-bad guys. Yeah. They're, they're, he's a, like his henchmen. They're a double... A,
1: henchmen, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's got a parrot henchman who's in on it all. Yeah. And so at the end, when he gets sucked into the lamp... Iago is flying away, and he goes, uh,
3: uh, "You're coming too." You're me. coming with me,
1: and he grabs him as he's getting sucked into the lamp, and the and Argos like trying to get away, and he gets sucked into the lamp. And then the live action one, it's just animal cruelty. <laughs> in, in, in the live action one, yeah, um, Jafar is getting sucked into the lamp, and he just grabs a parrot. There's a a parrot with no personality for the entire film and as he's getting sucked into the lamp he goes, you're coming with me! And you go, why? Why are you grabbing why are you grabbing a parrot? Why are you grabbing a parrot? What are you going to do with the parrot? Why don't you grab another human being that's there and then you can maybe chat to them. You know, you know, this like,
3: uh, uh,
1: uh, grab a book. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just like, grab anything. Why the fuck are you grabbing a parrot? It's just a, it's not a random parrot, it's your parrot. <laughs> but like, how much do you love this parrot? What are you going to do? You're going to fuck a parrot for eternity? What, in a lamp? I mean, what, what are you doing? I mean, I don't know why I went straight there, but you do get lonely. So what are you going to do? <laughs> You're going to fuck your pet parrot. For eternity in a fucking magic lamp. <coughs> what you? You're coming with? It's like there's no setup for this whatsoever. <laughs> but you've taken the bit from the animated film, but you haven't taken the character from the animated film. So it's just this weird thing where you go, "Oh, he's a very vindictive genie, isn't he? I mean, it, 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 his last ditch effort to do something evil is to take it out on this innocent <laughs> parrot that's just flying around. It's fucking mental. Um, anyway, also
2: parrots are one of the uh, few animals that you could anthropomorphise and have them, or not have them anthropomorphise and have them legitimately say things. Because you go, that could make sense in the, exactly. the context I mean, of mean,
1: He does squawk and he does say stuff, but he's a, he's a bird. Yeah, it's yeah. not like, there's no sort of There's no uh, no personality to it. mm. It's literally you've done a CGI bird that is acting like a bird. It's just a bird. He's not a sidekick. He's not um, a henchman. He's nothing. (laughs) It's just a bird that's sort of like there. It's almost sort of like uh, lip service. It's just sort of like, hey, remember the parrot from the thing? Well, this is live action, so you can't really get away with a Mm. talking parrot. So we've got a parrot here. then it's kind of like, you remember the parrot from the cartoon? This is sort of like a nod to that. YOU'RE COMING WITH ME! <laughs> Why? Why? It's just a fucking pa- fucking weird. Anyway, uh, probably play a song. But we haven't finished with Kurt Russell, have we?
2: No, wait, wait, wait. how do we get under Kurt Russell? Oh, Kurt Russell's correct. Career- oh no, we talk about him as he never really had like a huge uh, he was never really a big star until things like Stargate is what kind of made him into like a uh, that's when he was getting $10 million well, and things, is well, not it? I knew
1: who Kurt Russell was before Stargate. Oh, for sure.
2: But I mean like he was big as like a video star, but when he actually started earning money, like big, big bucks, Hollywood, big bucks, was after, to me, it felt like it was almost felt like the end of his career. Whereas I think to the mainstream, that was almost like his entry point. So he was getting like 10 million when he felt like, uh, what was it like, what was breakdown and all that kind of stuff, wasn't it? He, could, exactly. he didn't get, get paid dis- 10
1: million for breakdown. Breakdown must have cost 10 million. It was
2: but Like, that's when he was like, that's when he was getting big money. Who directed Breakdown. It was a fella that did uh, uh, Jonathan Mostow. Was it? Yeah. Uh,
1: wasn't it? U571. Yeah, I think it was him. I mean, he's... Uh, Terminator 3. He's had a varied career, is not he? Breakdown was great. Great film. Terminator 3 was awful. Bon Jovi gets shot in the head at the beginning of U571, so yes. it's not all bad. Um, Breakdown was great. Uh, Kathleen Quinlan. Kathleen Quinlan. Mrs. Lawful the wonderful Mrs. Lovell
2: from Apollo 13 from Apollo 13 I like Kathleen Quinlan she's not
1: Kathleen Quinlan mm. um, what I like about Stargate uh, is at uh, the beginning of Stargate Kurt Russell's very depressed isn't he yeah, because he's got long hair and his air, he? son has shot himself Yeah. so he's uh, very depressed he's got beautiful long flowing curtains mm. <laughs> yeah, that have been <laughs> finely <laughs> shampooed and very silky. he yes. doesn't look like he looks like he stepped out of a Nirvana music <laughs> video. Uh, he, it, I mean, it's, he's well. It, he's meant to look like he's given up on life. Yeah, but he actually looks like he's kept uh, up with the times. He's actually yeah, very very contemporary. <laughs> uh, and but it's meant to show how depressed he's been. So he's yeah. grown his hair all out. You think bloody hell, he must have been depressed for quite a while because <laughs> those curtains are long. Uh, And then, you know, he signs up for the army Mm. Buzz cut Yeah, straight away And you think, well, this guy brings business He's back He is back (laughs) Here he is It's terrible He's got got two terrible haircuts (laughs) in one film (laughs) Um, (laughs) Soldier That was probably when they realised he wasn't as bankable as they thought he Mm. was But then that is a bad film Sequel to? Uh,
2: Blade Runner Yes isn't it? What a weird It's thing. set in the
1: same universe, and Go there's on. a spinner. The the cars that they drive in Blade Runner are called spinners, and there's a spinner on the junk planet that the soldiers on.
2: What a weird thing! You'd think they'd try and make more of that. To...
1: Well, it's just so, it's so tonally different. Is it yeah. Paul W S Anderson? I think
2: it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what a weird thing to have done. On the back, and they've of... also like now they've done that Blade Runner sequels. It was almost like it's like sort of vaguely a selling point at the time, but now it's almost like that never happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nobody mentioned Soldier <laughs> on the back of Alien vs Predator uh, there's, a, there's a Paul quote and it says uh, one of the best action um, movies of all time and the quote goes to Paul W.S. Anderson the director of the movie <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't do that That's
2: how, the the the, uh, the, the uh, tagline for Alien vs Predator is whoever wins we lose <laughs> I really like that <laughs> <laughs> whoever wins well, you know, it's just like, it's time out.
1: <laughs> the tagline <laughs> to the sequel, Requiem, uh, was on Earth. Everyone can hear you scream. That's quite good. I don't think so. I think that's quite I good. I don't think so. No, that's pretty good. Have you seen Alien versus yeah. Predator Requiem? Yeah, I have. I've, I've never got all the way through it.
2: I, I,
3: I I've, I've, probably,
1: one. I've probably attempted to. Well, I, I've, I saw that once at the cinema. It was abs. bullshit. It was just like, oh, please don't, don't do, it. don't. If, you, if this is getting in the way of we Weaver making a fifth one, then don't, please don't. You know. Um second one, um, I've probably tried to watch four or five times, and I've never got. I've never got past it. In Terms
2: of your alien movies. Yeah, Aliens vs. Predator, now. <laughs> they're like mid-tables. They're both mid-tables now. They're like, um, they're perfectly fine. Like, Aliens versus Predator is better than Alien 4. You know, it's that kind of, it's, it, and certainly better than your Prometheuses and all that. I'd rather have that than when it's taken far too seriously.
3: Well,
1: I, I think that it does get a lot of mileage out of the fact that it's got Lance Henriksen in it. Yeah. I mean, he didn't make much, did he? No,
2: no. He did a Millennium, didn't he, that TV show? That was good. That was sort of an X-Files spin-off. Yeah, post-X-Files.
1: Set, set in the same world. Yes, it was, yeah. Uh, what the, the Lone Rangers, what were they called? I can't remember. There was those, There was the guys from the X-Files, and then they turned up... Oh,
2: uh, yeah, I know. The, uh, the three
1: guys. Um, lone Gunman? The Lone Gunman, that's it. The Lone Rangers are from the movie Airheads. And the Lone Ranger. But the Lone <laughs> Rangers... Yeah. <laughs> so the whole thing is, you've got Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler, and they're a they're a, they're a rock band called the Lone Rangers, and everyone keeps going, but there's three of you. And Joe Mantegna, but there's three of you. How can you be lone if there's three of you? And they're all like, we don't. What are you talking about? We don't get it.
2: Airheads was the first time I ever saw Steve Buscemi in a film, and it's weird because I always forget he's in it. But everything he did subsequently, I was like, "That's a bloke from
1: Airheads." Well, he aged like fifty years <laughs> after he made a- Airheads. He made Airheads and Living in Oblivion in the same year, where he had the same long haircut. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then uh, and I thought, "Oh, that's that guy." But like Living in Oblivion and, and Airheads are so totally different yeah, yeah. films. Um, oh, no, play we a song. Play a song. Not that one. <laughs> Nick Helm of Nathaniel Methkar's Soundclub, Paul Radio. Sam Raimi directing Doctor Strange 2.
2: I've heard rumours. Fucking confirmed. hell! <laughs> but also, it's weird because he's just stepped into it, not he? It's uh, like the other guy's dropped out. So it's not even like. Yeah. When they were talking about replacements, everyone was like, don't get your hopes up, guys. They're not going to get anyone big. It's going to be like a he's TV the, guy or he's something. He's like the
1: first big guy that they've got. Mmm. He's, like, legitimate.
2: No, that's, but I mean, like, when, when because the other guy's only just dropped out, what, like, two weeks ago yeah, or something. Yeah, but Kevin
1: Feige is basically... Uh, he must
2: have thrown some money at him, is
1: not he? Uh, Kevin Feige is basically telling everyone to go fuck themselves. So, so everyone was, like, all super hyped about Doctor Strange being a horror film, and then this director left over creative differences. And everyone was like, well, it's not going to be a horror film, is it? So he's only gone and fucking hired not only the (laughs) inventor of modern superhero movies and Marvel movies, Sam Raimi, who did the Spider-Man. What do you call it if there's only two films? He did three. Hmm? He did. <laughs> he did those two Spider-Man movies. Yeah, didn't he, he did. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, um, but like, he he also invented eighties uh, horror. Mm. I mean, like, so they've gone. It's not going to be. You know, not only is it an established huge guy that's already fucking proven himself within the Marvel universe, not the uh, cinematic mm. universe, but he basically invented what a Marvel film would yeah, be. Yeah,
2: everyone else has basically copied that, really. Um, and he's. Uh, uh, he's also both,
1: he's also yeah, Go on.
2: I was going to say Doctor Strange and Spider Man are both Stanley Steve Ditko creations, right. so they're both the same artist and writer. So it's a good kind of a uh, good combination.
1: So Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Yes. Come on. You know Bruce Campbell was going to end up being Mysterio in Spider Man Four. No. Oh, in the Raimi ones. In the yeah, Raimi that makes ones. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, he was—he had like a cameo in all the films, mm. and I think that Spider-Man Four was going to tie all of his cameos together. Where it would have been. Oh,
2: so he has been just pretending to be lots of different people.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's what they were going to go for. But basically, Mysterio wasn't going to be a main character. Mm. Mysterio was going to be this. Uh, Joke character at the beginning that basically was uh, in court, I think. Well,
2: getting, I think as well that the, he the, was
1: getting like a life sentence in court, in sort of like The
2: third that. movie got really kind of done over on, didn't he? Because it was also, it was going to be. Who's the guy who ends up playing Venom? What was he called? Topher Grace. Topher Grace. Because Topher Grace, I think, was going to be playing the Camille. He was going to be playing a completely different character. Ooh. And, uh, and they basically went, nah, it's got to have Venom in it. And Sam Raimi's like, well, he's not like a classic villain. He's like a modern era villain. And they were like, nah, it's got to be Venom. But it's fine. We've already cast the chameleon. We'll just make him play Venom, and he go not even remotely like good cast. Do you know what I mean? It's like you have got a completely different body shape and things.
1: Yeah, but I. Uh, so I, I. I always thought that was deliberate because Topher Grace is kind of like the same as uh, Peter Parker. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Toby Maguire. Toby
2: Maguire,
1: yeah. So they're sort of like, it's basically yeah, the same. Image, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: mirror images of each other. And so if Venom is kind of like an evil Spider-Man, you know, it's kind of like what the outfit is, isn't yeah. it? So you kind of like, I, I, can, I would completely buy why they'd have hired him to be that, because he mm. looks at... He's, he doesn't look exactly like him but it's the same body shape and all of that but then you also go this is a huge budget movie and you've got the guy from that 70s show in it mm. it's kind of aim higher
2: and also because that was another one that was another series that tried to have quite um, not necessarily big name villains but quite well respected actor people didn't it as the villains it we kind went of from Willem like-
1: Dafoe to Alfred Molina to Toe for Grace. Yeah, but also I think, you had know, thinking. Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Saint
2: Church, who at the time was kind of a big. Well, was he done, Oscar he'd, nominated he'd at the time or something, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's weird. I, I, I mean, I love Sam Raimi. Army of Darkness, I would probably. It depends what day it is. But it's always in the top two. Uh, but I just feel like it's a bit undignified for a 39 year old man to say his favourite film is Army of Darkness. It should be something a little bit more. <laughs> Um, but it is. It's, I mean, this is my favourite film. I love it so much. Uh, it's such a funny film. It's just yeah. It's one of. It's, but it's a comedy. But it's not like you wouldn't sit down and go right. We're going to write a comedy now. And it's this uh, sword and sandals, uh, Ray Harryhausen kind of like. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody would sit down and write that. Nobody would even sit down and write that as a third Evil Dead film. It's such a fucking weird film, in the context of all of that. But it just so happens that it's one of the funniest films I think I've ever seen. And consistently funny. With an amazing central performance and amazing special effects that are sort of like, they're not amazing. You can kind of see how they do them, but it's kind of like, just the fact that you can see, that it's, you, you can almost see the working out on, and it's just like, oh wow, they've, they've reversed the film in this shot. Yeah. And, they've kind of, and I love it. I, just, I think it's brilliant. Just before CGI, uh, yeah, so it was like 93 or 94. So it's just before kind of like...
3: Yeah, before... It,
1: I, it took them fucking ages to film. You can see how long it took them to film because Bruce Campbell's hair is a different length in every single shot. <laughs> and uh, and so it must have taken them f- like a couple of years to film. And it's yeah, it's, it's, it's such an incredible film. Spider-Man films, I mean, I saw the first one, fine. Second one I really liked mm. at the time. But it felt like a really different director. It felt like he was very much trying to sort of like. Obviously, he was doing a huge, hundred million dollar uh, franchise, and he was used to much smaller budgets. But like, um, yeah, it just felt like it wasn't my Sam Raimi. And then
2: oh, I think he's a perfect choice for those Spider-Man films. I think they're. they're,
1: they're well, I mean, he's got to the right. Uh, I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying they mm. were bad films. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm just saying that. Um, it, People like going classic Sam Raimi, and you go, It's not classic Sam Raimi, is it? There's that scene with the chainsaws in Spider Man 2 where they're going, Yeah, yeah, classic Sam Raimi. You go, It is a little bit, but he is also sort of like he's very restrained.
2: Yeah, well, Um, I think he's the first person who seems to approach them from like a sort of quite a fanish point of view like he loves it doesn't he, he yeah he but he likes it. golden yeah very like silver agey kind of
1: so there was um, uh, Oz have you seen Oz the Great and Powerful yes which yeah. is basically it's a remake of Army of Darkness it's the exact same plot yeah um, I fucking love Army of Darkness Yeah, the UK cut that was on film 4 recently the UK cut is su- it's subtle but there's differences I think that the American cut is virtually unwatchable the second half of it um, and the director's cut again just absolutely they've just literally found any old bits of scrappy <laughs> footage and they've just whacked it in and you yeah, go, fine but the UK cut is perfect like perfect and I watched it so many times wore out so many VHS's that when you watch any other version it's kind of like oh hang on that's not right so I'll stop watching it if it, if, you know, if it's not the right one. So we will do. Um, how did we get on to that? Sam Raimi's doing Doctor Strange too. Yes. So fingers crossed. Bruce Campbell cameo, and
2: um, almost it, a given. It, I
1: think. It'll be better than the first one. I saw the first one on a plane. Not best circumstances, but fucking. Hooey. So, which is weird because when, what was the last Avengers film called? Endgame. Mm. I thought I thought Doctor Strange was quite good in that.
2: Yeah. But um, that might be it. It might be like, like, like Hulk maybe. and stuff. It doesn't really work as its own film, but you can still I,
1: I think that's a weird thing to say about Hulk, though, because <laughs> I think that could work as a film. They just haven't done it right.
2: Mm, yeah, maybe. I mean, they have done it right in other films, but it's just like, I think when... What, with Bill Bixby? No, like in the, when he's in been in like the, like the first Avengers movie. It's like, that's the first time you go, yeah, that's how you do it.
1: Yeah. But um, he, uh, Universal own him as a solo character. Do they? So the reason why no, he's only sense. the reason why he's only a support character is because um, if they were to make him a solo character, then Universal would have to co-release it. But yeah. because he's a support character, Marvel own him, so they only use him mm-hmm. in the background. So what they basically did was they w- they did like an Incredible Hulk movie within th- the however movie many does, movies yeah. they've made. So they kind of like he's got like a beginning, a middle, and an end for his character over all of the films. Mm. That's how it works But, um, yeah, I, I could not give less of a shit <laughs> um, We'll do some really quick fan mail Then we'll get our okay,
2: that's That's all that,
1: McCartney stuff McCartney was in Los Angeles Okay, right, let's get through that um, I've seen, is, is, this, is this one? I guess so I've been a recent viewer of the show Community Can't decide if Joel McHale is annoying or not what do you know about him, Jay Ham? Don't know much about him. Google a can. Hi guys, love the show. What are your thoughts on John Carpenter? <laughs> I've always been curious to know. Just joking. I mean, we did, uh, we did mention him briefly when we were talking about Kurt Russell. We did, yeah. But we didn't mention the thing once, and I think we deserve a big pat yeah, on the I back.
3: Didn't talk about the thing
1: at all. <laughs> Um, just joking. I'd prefer to know what you think of The Carpenters, to be honest. Karen is the best drummer of all time. Martin.
2: Sure. Got a lot of time for, Howdy. Of time
1: Last week, you talked about rumping in films. <laughs> we did. I think Don't Look Now has got a strong pump scene. It is good. It's one of the best I once ones. tried to recreate the pump scene from Crank at a race course, but it didn't go well. Lovely show. Lovely show. The The Niv. Show. The Niv. That's nice. Um, crank, what a... Mm. I think that... Yeah, that's... A, mm. Hey, and Boss. Boss Boss show. show today. I started listening to the show a few weeks ago and enjoy the show lots. The way you start the show is unique, but it works for me. I'd like your thoughts on lookalikes. People often tell me I look like Ian Beale. When he lived in an allotment. Who do you think you look like, Chaz? Who do you think you look like? Who do I think I look like? Yeah.
2: I don't know. <laughs> I could trade out.
1: Never thought about it.
2: <laughs> Never thought about it. Uh. I thought we should read these first.
1: <laughs> well, you should have a more examined life, Nat, and then you could Who maybe... Who do you look to... like? Um, I used to look a bit like John Cusack.
3: Did
1: you? Mm. Okay. Chris Point Blank, I had the same eyes. But uh, those eyes have changed through years and years of substance abuse. By substance, I mainly mean alcohol. Hi, hi, hi. I like to listen to your show when I'm on the... What are you doing? Stop adding stuff. Hi, hi, hi! I like to listen to your show when I'm on the toilet or bath. When you're on the bath, (laughs) I find it relaxing and strenuous at the same time. Are you shower or bath, people? And do you bathe daily? Foxy Bongo.
2: I am. I like a bath. I'm a big bath fan.
1: I like a bath. My bath is not a very big bath. And um, I do often worry that I will slip under the surface of the water and drown. (laughs) That's from Foxy Bongo. Nick, I th- I, s- um, I thought I saw you in a phone box in Cockfusters the other day. Can you confirm, please? Elton. Uh, not the Elton. Could be.
2: He could be a fan.
1: Ben Elton. <laughs> yeah, the Elton. Ben Elton John. Yeah, the Elton. <laughs> um, no, I wasn't. I, never, um, I don't go to Cockfusters. Not after the... Uh, so it's time to go get our guest. Um, what do you want? Shall we? Play, let's play Vanilla
2: Sky. With Here it he is. This is Paul McCartney.
1: Let's off my new album, Flaming Pie. <laughs> 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 he, didn't, he didn't run Vanilla Sky with Flaming Pie. Uh, Mark, can you just talk into your microphone? Yeah, I can have a go. This is me. And talk again? Hi, hi Nick. Yeah, I know. I've worked it out. It's, yeah, it's good. No, so, so you always tell me it's the wrong fucking... We're joined in the studio now by uh, comedian extraordinaire Mark
0: Watson. I've been listening to the show for a few minutes now. And it's refreshing how much swearing there is. Is there? It's I don't even notice, I it now. even notice it no, I didn't even notice it. I do. If you do, um, if you do quite a bit of these sort of like popping up on radio, you, you do start to really want to say fucking a bit and you're just not normally allowed yeah. to. I, I
1: just actually have to make an apology to our listeners. Uh, last week, I uh, forgot to say the word cunt. Okay. How'd that um, happen? I don't know. How can you make it just like didn't, It just didn't It just didn't come up It was can't weird on. as well It was just after Just after the, uh, the We left the EU And it didn't come up Well maybe I was just Kind of like just Delighted keep it, Just keep it Middle of the road I was so delighted We're all <laughs> just the, want to step away finally... wrecking our careers like
0: this It's so easy To just come away thinking Hang on I didn't say come there And yeah I It's think, over
2: I think we get too much For an easy ride on this show though I think sometimes uh, Natalie should point us And say Don't talk about this thing but does that never happen? Never You Basically, there's no
0: oh, policing of this at
1: all. I know yeah. we've talked about Aladdin before. Yeah, probably.
2: <laughs> we have, yeah.
1: And we've certainly talked about Kurt Russell.
2: But I, th- I worry more that when we're talking about someone, we go, I think someone could sue us for this. But that's not happened either. Well, like no. Sam
1: Raimi. Well, Noel Edmonds got a bit shirty about it and we got we got mentioned in The Sun, didn't we?
2: I think it was or something. You don't have to do a lot to get Noel Edmonds on. No, or get
1: riled type. up. No. He's got his um, he's got his uh, feeders out. He's got his he? Google <laughs> Alerts switched on. He's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking hell.
0: <laughs> Which I, if I was Noel Edmonds, I would not have because it'd be very tiring how many things <laughs> popped up. I think it'd be upsetting as well. Yeah, I'd, I think I'd, I'd be a bit upset. I'd go, I'd, just, I'd quite like a I think the life. average level of Edmonds chat would, would be something that Noel Edmonds himself wouldn't want to see, probably. But he obviously does. Because yeah, I've heard quite a few stories of him uh, being surprisingly alert. Keeping his, his eyes eye on
1: It would be like if my episode of Live at the Apollo was on every night of the week, <laughs> <laughs> I just wouldn't be able to go on Twitter. It would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Almost the more TV you do, the less you can actually go on. On social media I think it's, it's weird
1: It's the it's trade isn't it you Yeah know, you, you trade in your freedom To do uh, whatever Whatever you want you Yeah know, I either can't go you,
0: online anymore You either work Or you interact with the public But it's difficult <laughs> To do both them, Unfortunately Yeah uh, <laughs> So you make a decision
1: if, uh, You don't have the platform Do you If, uh, if you don't do the tally work But No um, yeah, you've got to be on and challenge. But you've also it?
0: got to run For the hills <laughs> Quite quickly after You've been <laughs> on just, yeah.
1: I just know I just know that if it, if Dave is showing it, I'm just like, right, I'm not going to go on the internet tonight. I'll, I'll, I'll put my laptop in the bath and <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll
0: leave it. What happened with your life? How did you offend people?
1: Or I, d- I didn't offend people. You just do what you normally just do on stage. You just do something like every time. I don't get it for eight out of ten cats. People, people tend to like that. But every time something that I filmed four years ago goes on TV, you just get someone saying, you are a fucking cunt. You are the worst comedian that I've ever seen. Oh yeah, I like Russell Kane and Roshan Conaty But fucking who's this Nick Elm fucking cunt And then you're just like I'm adding the cunt. I'm actually self-hating That's
0: the weird thing My old love Apollo was about 10 years ago now And so if people, sometimes people will comment on it Assuming that you that every time it's on You yourself sit down and watch it and you're <laughs> like, Mate, I don't even know what programme you're referring to here I, <laughs> A
1: quarter of my life has passed since like, uh, Last week um, An episode of uh, 8 out of 10 cats I was in was on on the same night, right, <laughs> 8 out of 10 cats, uh, does a countdown, roast battle, and Live at the Apollo were all on the same night. That is a lot of And home, it was man. a fucking minefield. It was just like, I didn't know who was saying what about which. Yeah. It was fucking like, do you hate me or do you love me? I don't know. Fucking hell, it was horrible. Just absolutely horrible. And then when I was on tour, Live at the Apollo was on, and I'd just come off stage and I'd had a really nice gig in Cardiff people were saying you're the worst comedian funny, I've ever it? seen it. I was just like I think I got a standing ovation what are you yeah. talking about
0: that audience <laughs> <laughs> turned after I left the stage that doesn't even want to okay well I'll just say it to my face guys it's <laughs> funny when people write stuff like if that happens there's an unexpected pile up of and people go, like, why is this prick on my telly so much? And, uh, <laughs> as if you've personally gone into the TV studios <laughs> and said, I demand that you show all of these things someone <laughs> attention to do.
1: morning, one night. I think they're all on different channels, though, so it wouldn't mm. be like you wouldn't have just sat down and watched it But you it could
2: more. have programmed it if you wanted to program your yeah. viewing around it. If you,
0: you, you specifically have. wanted to be angered by Nick yeah. at night, you, you could find a way. But,
1: like, they didn't even tell me. Do you know what I mean? I'm the no. person that would want to watch it the most. You rarely know when your <laughs> own stuff
0: is being, repeated, especially with stuff like Dave where they'll show something 24 times. But... People. Some people will always react if it is the first time, even if the joke is about something like, like Nick Clegg or Abraham Lincoln or something. Which is, uh, it's a clue that it's not a new episode.
1: Or just the <laughs> fact that, just the fact that you, you're now like forever having to um, uh, make sort of apologies for one bad week you had uh, four years ago. Yeah, the internet is it's there, a bit a, like like that, it's there forever. Very difficult to escape. They just. Yeah, but they think it's now.
0: They always think it's now, yeah even, if, yeah even if the show was quite clearly shot in 2009 <laughs> Even if people are making jokes about MySpace and stuff like that
1: Even if it's black and white What's yeah, all this yeah, stuff yeah. that you're doing? Yeah, What's it's all, all this stuff on you're doing? On my telly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you, Mark, are something of a polymath I mean, You do lots of different things I like that And when we came through to take your photo <laughs> You had your phone open Doing a text or doing some email, you had a laptop open. Yeah. So you're busy. Got a pager. What are all the Got things all the that you you had on the go at once?
0: Well, see, so I'm touring. I've just you were just tour. about to go on tour. I'm, I've literally announced it this morning, but that's not even. I'm not even here to promote that. It's a coincidence. Just um, well, we I thought. just remembered this morning that I am. Well, doing that's not. That. That. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> not even, where's your, that, fir- where's that your f- f- promotion? Where's your first tour date? Good question. Like I don't even know. <laughs> it doesn't start till. Uh, Sort of uh, May, June How Um,
1: many dates are you doing?
0: This is actually quite a small one It's only about 25, 30 Um, I would say that's a tour Well actually it is, isn't it? It's funny, sometimes you get like A small one would be 10 Authors and stuff will sometimes do a book tour And they make a big song and dance on Twitter And then literally is five shows And you think that's a tour Just Just fuck off Two days of a comedian's life Um, (laughs) But then at the same time I'm doing all this amateur environmental stuff online Because I I felt like it was time to um, Save the planet? Uh, yeah. um, well done <laughs> So thanks Well it's just you <laughs> know, you it, you wake up late Better late all. than Who's never mate it, Exactly <laughs> Who if not me Greta's doing a cracking job Mind you yeah. But she needs a little <laughs> bit Of support So I've just got a smart meter And I'm doing all this Like green energy And eat more All this sort of Like minor Quite lazy Steps well, So I'm trying to encourage People to do that At the same time as But me... that is not related To the tour I'm just doing as usual Too many unrelated things At once
1: um, Why is that? Well, I think it's
0: because I did an environmental thing about um ten years ago about I was a bit a little bit shit at it. All of it and really I should do a bit more and and it's one of those things you do as a comedian that is a sort of uh well meaning but slightly half arsed project and I made a little bit of progress on my comfort and all this sort of thing. And that was in two thousand eight and I remember thinking, This is all very well but uh no-one's going to start talking about this as a result of me doing it. And then fast-forward ten years, you start thinking, ah, oh, this is a shame, actually, the, the world is burning a bit more. It's and, literally burning. And I can now see, I can sort of see it playing out that in ten more years, people are like, ah, oh, shit, we really should have should <laughs> done it then, actually. And because and of the way humans are, we probably just will keep doing that. And the thing is, no-one's going to, or at least as a result of me, no-one's going to, like, stop flying, and stop flying. Or, so I just, stuff like smart meters so you can monitor your energy and doing, like, eating more locally produced foods, are quite small things I can maybe encourage other people to do. But I must emphasise, Greta's still going to convert f- far more people, I think. I think I, I'm, I see myself in a hey. sort of assistant manager role. Do you
1: feel that, or do you feel like she's preaching to the converted?
0: Well, that's the only thing. Because some of her stuff is a bit serious people as well. Make as her feedback.
1: Bit, she makes people very angry. And so, as yeah. a result, I mean, the which might be a good thing in a assholes.
0: way, but you've got to, yeah, it's true. Mm. I mean, but who you, you still need a sort of good cop to her bad cop, who's, don't
1: you? but who's arguing against saving the planet? Mm. Well, um, I think that is, but do you know what I mean? What's, I what's that, the alternative well, argument? Well, I suppose it's is not, that no, we actually like oil. Well, the trouble is that is it's not an argument,
0: but it is a stance. That I think take, it is, and it? I think the thing of like with an Gre- agenda, I suppose, like even
2: if it. you took Greta Thunberg at the most kind of, uh. Literal and we we take if you take all the power away from her as well, which she's got a huge amount of. She's still someone. Thank you. She's still she's still she's still someone who is trying. She's a young person who is trying to do some good, right? And you cannot take that away from her. And I find the fury towards her is absolutely baffling. I find it like I cannot get my head around this because even if she was six or seven and made like a pasta model that said. Um, Use less energy Which I have I have done that By the
0: way It's stuck onto my (laughs) smart meter The (laughs) problem
1: is The problem is She's had to go on Adult platforms to do it Because there isn't Blue Peter anymore Is not at all? In the 90s She would have been on Blue Peter And it would have been Like great Or Newsround
0: We don't have that option now They probably still have Newsround don't they?
1: I think they still have Newsround to be fair
0: Yeah But you're right That alone is not A big enough platform really If Blue Peter was a big enough Platform to yeah. To save the world from have, we live in a very different planet now. Where people <laughs> made basically everything out
1: of toilet roll, it, it, yeah, they holders recy- recycling recycling, isn't it? Yeah, actually, they were well ahead of the game. Really, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were um,
0: constantly talking about you know re- uh, yeah. y- y-
1: you know what you should play with. Uh, you should make a, toil- uh, a, a a Tracy Island out of uh, toilet paper, that um, the toilet roll that was uh, one foot away from your dad while he was having a share. <laughs> That's what you can play with. <laughs> you just paint it, innit? paint it, paint it all nice.
2: I think this is more of a memory, is it? <laughs> this is, <laughs> this
3: do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like,
1: that was. that's what we, in the in the 90s, in the 80s and 90s, we used to just play with uh, old bits of cardboard from, from the shitter. Yeah, you'd mostly <laughs> just get, yeah. <laughs> 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 We'd paint it. and uh, You'd be on and and play invited um... <laughs> on to these shows about how good things were in the 80s any day now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so much better then, wouldn't it? It's <laughs> <laughs> so much better than... Um, yeah, fucking... No, I I just think it's weird, isn't it, that people are so... It's the same with vegans, though. It's kind of... Um, it's They're right. <laughs> they're yeah. just right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And if you don't want to do it, it's fine. But it's amazing how angry people get about other people. I've got a routine about
1: vegans in my show. So I was on tour. And it it would get, like, such a strong... Not, like, intentionally, the way it was... I'd mention vegans. And people would get furious. And they'd shout out and be like, Fuck it, vegan," And you'd be like, it's it's mental. Because their argument on paper is absolutely, you know...
0: Yes, totally solid. All they're really saying is stop killing animals. And also... (laughs) uh, Stop promoting things which are bad for the yeah. environment like, It's very hard to come back <laughs> at it But then people's counter-argument is that Yeah, but why, why aren't you eating sausage rolls, you fucking weirdo like, It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit, It feels like a one-sided argument yeah. That's the thing
2: with Greg's Greg's introduced a vegan sausage roll They didn't stop making the other one
0: No, people acted as if They immediately replaced all meat products in the a, world They my
2: baby yeah. a, a vegan sausage roll done a st- She can't even eat solids
1: They've, they've <laughs> yeah. done a steak slice uh, a vegan steak slice mm. and it's not very nice but what i would uh, say I, is what i would say is if i was a meat eater i still wouldn't eat a steak slice Do yeah, you know what i mean because, because yeah it was never it was never on my list of things that i would want to eat anyway so i ate, i no. ate it cuz it was vegan but then at the same time i was like um uh I don't, know, I don't know what the comparison yeah. is. I don't know what it would have tasted I don't enjoy like. this
2: steak yeah. slice. But
1: I don't know if it's because it's vegan or because it's it a steak slice. I don't like the do steak slice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing about, like, the Piers Morgan thing, when he went off on one about... Um, vegan sausage rolls. Vegan sausage rolls. He's got the same PR company as Greg's. Yeah. So, like, he goes off on one about that, and then, it, and he's getting it even to a wider audience where people are going, "Fuck Piers Morgan, I'm going to eat a vegan sausage yeah. roll to spite him." Mm. Or it's kind of like, "Hang on a minute, it's I've, heard, a lot, I've yeah. heard, I've heard about this. It's like anti, it's anti-promotion. Yeah. Isn't it, Next isn't thing it? you know,
0: you've got him on his show, being forced in inverted commas to eat a vegan sausage roll, and you think this, is, this looks awfully like a well-coordinated PR stunt. Yes, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, for someone that hates vegan sausage rolls so much, you spent a lot of the past six months talking about it. And As you <laughs> say, then you start looking behind the mechanics, and yeah. it turns out everyone is basically with the same management company. And like, There's
2: a very good chance someone was watching GMTV who didn't know Greg's did a vegan sausage roll and went, Well, I might have one of them. They well, he's too them too up. Bad, Do you yeah, know what? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Greg's used to be a, na- a-, a national joke, wasn't it? Mm. It was just sort of like, oh, I ate my dinner, I have dinner at Greg's. Until recently. And
0: I mean, stand ups would do stuff Stand-up. about stand ups in the north would do. Uh, like insulting gag about how many Gregs there were. It was one of the hackiest topics. Yeah, mm. and now Gregs have managed and to reinvent themselves as <laughs> sort of <like laughs> future world <laughs> they, well, they opinion so shapers. Yeah,
1: but they made so much money that it was it seven. He gave seven million. The manager they had seven million in profits, and they, he gave it all to the staff that worked there.
2: Oh really? So I
0: he's, he's,
1: yeah, it, oh, I mean well, they were a great company.
0: Nice, apparently. Nice guy. It's a bit like how Skoda used to be the butt of jokes when yeah. we were at school, and then if you take your eye off the ball for a while. I, mean, I don't know much about cars, but it seems like people, like, if you, if you ride out being schoolyard jokes for 20 years or so, eventually your brand becomes a sort of respectable. If you told me when I was 15 that not only would you not get bullied for having a Skoda, but people would deliberately buy them, I would have thought it was incredible.
1: Well, it's the, the classic underdog story, isn't really it?
0: really is, yeah. Mind you. that...
1: I
2: also suggest that if you were bullied at school 20 years later, hopefully you'll be all right. <laughs> that's what they should be saying in school. Yeah. The, the yeah. anti
0: bullying <laughs> message should be if you are getting beaten up, just hanging there for two decades, yeah.
2: I and mean, then hopefully
0: you'll get over it. Not entirely, of course.
1: Mind you, I didn't... I don't know if Why anyone... Why should even... you get over it? You shouldn't be bullied in the first place. You definitely shouldn't <laughs> no. be. No. And you sound like you're telling I'm people to just bullying. grow up. No, I'm not. Are you getting bullied? Grow up. <laughs> when in actual fact, stop bullying people. That would be best. They're That's the true. fucking worst... Bullies are running the fucking planet at the moment. They're the fucking worst fucking people on the, uh, on the face of the fucking earth. Bullies. They're fucking awful. Yeah, unfortunately,
0: if you. Said, I was bullied, you know. and I
1: fucking hope each and every single one of them cunts dies a horrible death. <laughs>
0: but as you say, they're not. They're mostly just in in power.
1: No, no one. I went to school. I hope not. They're not. <laughs>
0: There. A you, lot of them, actually, a lot of bullies peaked at school. That was their only time when they had it. Yeah. Sort of, if only they'd you know.
1: peaked at a book once in a while, they wouldn't be in the situation that they are now. Good, good. Thanks. I like that. I mean, yeah. I, I sort I of like worked it. out the rest of the sentence as I was going, but, you know. Um, it worked out. Yeah, but I think that, but it's like, uh, it's like um, athletes, isn't it? You know, uh, you're at your physical prime for, like, late teens... Mid 20s, yeah, you're shot. If you're lucky, like yeah. early 30s, you're kind of like, that's it. Whereas, uh, for the life of a comedian, uh, you kind of like don't have anything to say until you're probably a little bit older than I am,
0: so. yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> so, like, well, that wasn't Yaki, the tennis player retired last week at 29. Imagine a comedian, imagine if one of us retired at 29, they'd get a certain <laughs> amount of stick, I think, but then, as you say. You wouldn't have done a lot by that point. Well, it depends who you are. You get some child prodigy comedians these days.
1: You have yeah. got. Yeah, but I mean.
0: They still haven't got anything to say, though. It's true. I see a lot of really good, like 21 year olds, that are. Their stagecraft is amazing, and you think you're going to be really good. But at the moment, all your material is about. It's annoying when you live with yeah. your mum, and your mum wakes you up early in the morning. It's a difficult it's like, topic,
2: because it always sounds like you're being mean about people. But I, yeah. I, I, I just mean it like. You can see people the... and you go, absolutely brilliant. But it's, I don't. I've got no substance I, I see it, it a
0: lot I host a lot of like new act consciousness and stuff with, and comedians getting younger and younger as well because there's, there's 16, industry, 17 yeah. year olds the yeah, whole it's, industry yeah. it's a job and you, you see people and think there's no doubt you're really talented but at the moment you, you haven't had any experiences mm. apart from when your internet is down for 10 minutes so you're, yeah. all your stuff is about that <laughs> yeah.
1: mm. but that's fine
0: yeah, it is fine because the 20s and 30s of your life rough you up that's how it goes quite but also, significantly but also, and then you, you'll have the whole package also yeah.
1: we can't necessarily relate to that but if you're 16 and you're watching it that is
0: also true Mm. I mean, the sort you of you grow stuff, up
1: with people, don't you?
0: Yeah, there's YouTube YouTubers and stuff that have got five million followers, and we wouldn't be able to make a single bit of sense of anything they're saying. But of course, it's not for us.
1: But then, part of it is also being able to relate to stuff that isn't necessarily specifically about you. Like I grew up watching Jack D and he'd talk about his kids and stuff. And I think one day when I have kids, I will get that joke. And I'm still that waiting for it. Still waiting <laughs> to get some of them jokes from the nineties.
0: I've got kids occasionally I chuckle at a Jack D joke from 1998 and sort of, uh, <laughs> just the memory uh, of it just the memory of it I've got them all stashed <laughs> yeah
1: it's the best way who was your favourite comedian when you were growing up I didn't know many because
0: actually when did ch-
1: you decide to be a comedian because you started off doing Welsh yeah work, I
0: came out of then. university and entered open mics and stuff like that so like 20, 22 or 23 or something. but this is obviously pre-YouTube and also pre like there weren't panel shows even really apart of those haven't got news for you but I didn't think of those people as being stand-ups either. I just thought of them as the guys you got on telly. So at the time I became a comic, I couldn't have named more than a handful, like Eddie Izzard. People who
1: had, but there v- were only really like, like five. It was like Lee Evans, Jetty, Eddie Izzard, Joe Brand. You would get yeah,
0: uh, Lenny Henry maybe f- fifth one, Harry Hill, Victoria Wood. But th- even that wasn't but quite her, the same Victoria thing. Victoria
1: Wood wasn't stand up, but well, I mean, no, I'm sure in the same way.
0: Out. No, like she, the, the I, But that was it. Unless they had mm. a bank holiday Monday special, I wouldn't know about them. Mm. Basically, I only knew about Izzard because his videos, his VHSs, would sort of do the rounds. So he was the first one that I saw live. But even then, when I saw him, it, because it's massive theatre, enormous occasion I would have thought there's maybe twenty people in the country doing that at that point i had no idea mm-hmm. of this like enormous infrastructure of but also there's 10 times as much of it now as there was then I, the that. number of comedians working now is more it,
1: than that it, there's more comedians than <laughs> audience
0: there's more comedians than, uh, than humans yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's four comedians for every if civilian all, in the country if all the 100... comedians
2: started saving energy the planet would be all right Everyone yeah. else. if we just
0: shut down all the comedy clubs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or at least installed <laughs> meters so we can see you could have like smart meters but it measures the amount of energy coming from an audience and works out if the gig is sustainable basically and if if not then you just put all the lights off and leave very rarely very rarely
1: i mean well i've done my bit then i have cancelled (laughs) gigs all the time yeah just
0: just keep not doing anything (laughs) well done it's the best thing you can do for the planet but then
1: what you're saying about planes i mean i probably fly on in a plane uh (laughs) otherwise my arms get tired um, it'd, be, it'd be a talking
0: point if you were known to be <laughs> flying around. Yeah, I
1: fly in a plane maybe once every two or three years. Yeah, not bad. And it's That's just kind right. of like, but not that I'm deliberate. I just, I just never go on holiday. So it's just kind of like, I think I'm entitled to go on holiday plane nine times, in a plane, yeah. in a plane <laughs> yeah. over my lifetime. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, I'm not going, I'm not getting. Uh, i'm not getting a fucking plane to the shops am i i'm just sort
0: no of... that'd be extravagant unless the shops were really far away i think yeah. yeah
1: but that's what boris johnson did didn't he when he was doing the the thing he got a plane he flew
0: from doncaster to darlington i think it was. Did... oh yeah. wow that he must did... be in the air for about
2: half a second barely <laughs> get off the ground <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's more,
0: you just go along the ground he
2: <laughs> oh. just does it along a motorway
1: but yeah it was, it was i think it was a 40 minute car journey and then yeah you... an hour
0: yeah. on the train roughly yeah yeah, stuff like that is insane. And this is part of the problem of doing anything eco-related, is we're all aware that a tiny number of powerful people have the ability to screw everyone else mm. permanently. Because if a bloke with a private jet makes sort of 70 flights a year or something then that pretty much it makes it very difficult to say to other people you shouldn't go on holiday to italy anymore uh, yeah mm. yeah
1: but also it's kind of like the thing where um oh well make sure you switch your lights off when you're not in the room and stuff like that and then you go down to canary wharf on a sunday night and it's all fucking lit up and you just think what the fuck it doesn't make a <laughs> yeah. yeah. fucking dent what i'm doing
0: <laughs> i find that difficult all I, I, with stuff like that it's a bit like how you try and be like behave well towards people and then like the amount of human evil in the world is still a constant or basically all you can do is look after your own stuff i think and not get too caught up in the global picture because the global picture is quite sort of bleak (laughs) and i think the other thing is you probably
2: shouldn't have a go at people on a very local uh um individual level i find that like um it's all right to have a go at someone who is perhaps taking planes here and there and everywhere but when it's having a go at someone yeah who might be going on holiday or who decides to have a baby (laughs) or something you go like well actually surely we've got to go give them a break a bit and say sure
0: that's yours that's entirely (laughs) we have to have the facility for human life to exist yeah like it obviously is true that if we cap the world's population today that would be the best thing we could do the planet but uh Difficult to say to everyone. Yeah. No more babies forever. Yeah. I think. Yeah. We have to. We have to try and find a way of living on the planet that doesn't involve us just all jumping sure. into the sea. Although we we might not have that option in twenty years because the sea is sort of is steadily coming after us.
1: It's just weird because it's all just common sense, but not everyone has the same common sense. Not that they're better or worse, but like, but not everyone else is. It was like when I'm sort of obsessed with this at the moment. I keep I keep bringing it up, but it was like when they introduced. Uh, Plastic bags And people would charge You know Oh um, If you want a plastic bag now oh, it's 10p Yeah And um, And most people were like Absolutely I completely understand that You're taxing us uh, And what we have to do Is we have to take plastic We well, have try, to reuse I'll try not
0: to buy a plastic bag Every time yeah. that's the point. We'll yeah.
1: reuse our plastic uh, The plastic bags that we have And they've made them sturdier And yeah. we'll reuse them And then You know uh, Because we're trying to cut down On the amount of plastic And then there was the other p- portion of i can't remember which newspaper it was but it was either the sun or the daily mail and they said they're charging 10p for plastic bags we'll show them we'll bring our old ones in from that's home. right yes, and that, you go that's exactly that's exactly, the fucking that's exactly point. what <laughs> that's happened <the> <laughs>
0: yeah i remember the t- same article was going this move will will if you add up all these 10ps this will cost the average family like 75 pounds a year or something i was like no it won't Because the whole point is you don't, <laughs> you don't pay the 10p You just bring your own fucking bag uh, And as you say You have to do it you, you, Yeah You <laughs> have to buy a new you just bag
1: just think it's This is absolutely 10p doesn't break the bank But it's a It's a, it's a cash reminder That you go yeah, like Oh exactly. you, you know what I shouldn't I know. remember
0: seeing the pictures Of those smug people With their own plastic bag And like, <laughs> we've sidestepped The new bag charge like, <laughs> you're, you're a fucking you're idiot exactly You're an f- absolute problem.
1: Fucking idiot Like yeah. Fuck it I, Yeah um, Yeah stuff like
0: that people, people sense that they're being unfairly taxed on stuff and that they have to try and like, weasel their way around it. there are some people that spend all their lives just thinking about that basically yeah uh, how can I oh can d-
1: I? D- d- I'm getting one over on me and I it's just like so I can't remember who it was but I had a conversation with someone in the week and they said it's absolutely amazing that we managed to get a smoking ban mm. done yeah and but everyone just agreed. It was that There was a date, and everyone was just like, out there smoking, and everyone was smoking in the pubs, and then it was just like, and then at midnight, it was just like, you're not allowed to smoke, and everyone was like, fair enough. I think, and people yeah. were like, we're not going to go, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll stay at home, I'll smoke at home, and yeah. I'll drink beer from the off-license. They didn't. I worked in a pub at that point. <laughs> everyone came in the pub, and they stood outside by the heaters, and they smoked outside, and you go, fucking hell, this is working.
0: Yeah, I think that's really, I think the smoking ban, I think about this a lot, because obviously with with the... With climate change, stuff, that probably we're going to need actual big legislation and people are just going to have to fucking suck it up. And people will often say it's unworkable. Like no, you said, the smoking ban no, shows no, you. Intended. Like, it's just... Because people, like, people said pubs will die, comedy clubs will die, mm. like that our social life will be massively affected by it. But as you say, five years later, you watch films where people are blowing smoke across the table at restaurants and it looks... Yeah, like, my, kids, my kid is 10 and he, he thinks it's nuts if you see people smoking on a plane on an old film They used to be like
1: smoking in Weatherspoons... Uh, Because that's where I used to go to the pub but the barrier wasn't a wall it was just sort of like a rope and you'd smoke on one <laughs> side of the rope and then on the other side of the rope people there'd be families eating dinner and yeah. they'd be kind of like how, yeah. how the fuck do, it's insane They're smoking on the underground yeah. smoking on the tubes like do the doctor mean? surgery there was, uh, smoking in anti-smoking offices <laughs>
2: smoking <laughs> in petrol stations
0: yeah. smoking in the petrol stations in the 80s my mum took a, my brother m- as a baby on a, on a plane and you, you could smoke but you had to go to the back of the plane and stuff like that <laughs> just, oh, Right, that's fine yeah.
1: I, went, I, I was on a plane this year and there was fucking ashtrays on the plane I was thinking fucking how old is this that's fucking amazing. plane <laughs> really yeah terrifying it's terrifying time. you go fucking hell this, this plane there's something I don't like about this plane oh my god there's fucking ashtrays in the <laughs> plane
0: but that's interesting isn't it? What, like, what was normal culturally normal even 20-30 years ago seems totally insane mm. in another generation
1: Ten, Well, 15 years ago
2: yeah and everyone's clothes used to smell all the time you, yeah, you forget, come back you from get, a gig yeah, you just stink. be like oh it stinks. yeah
0: yeah, you routinely you have to <laughs> take all your clothes off immediately because you, and it'll be the same. I think with this, with with there'll be environmental laws passed which everyone like the Daily Mail goes batshit about, and then in ten years people will say, "What, you were just allowed to just allowed to do that, were you?" And certainly in thirty years, people every law seems every law change seems mad to people mm. until you've done it for a bit and then Mm. now even big smokers wouldn't probably most of them wouldn't make a case i don't think anyone
1: uh, look even if you're a smoker you still acknowledge the fact that it's bad for your health yeah and it's bad for other people's health it's just a given you just like right fine this is sort of like this is a trade you know i Uh, will cut i'll cut years off my life because i like to smoke
0: and i think climate change will go the same way because when they started uh, hooking smoking up with cancer everyone was like nah, this is bullshit. This is propaganda. All that kind of thing. And then twenty years on, everyone that held out against is like, mm. ah, yeah, no, all right then. And, and I, looks, I think this is what will happen as well. So but I had you that know,
2: thing like climate change has that thing now where they're trying to discredit um, scientists who are going, no, it absolutely is a real thing. And and they have that. They had the smoking thing had the same thing where they would have these sort of almost. Scientists who are employed to
0: go Nah I think it's perfectly healthy Yeah they find a maverick scientist <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to go Well the thing is some smoking is good And yeah. then 20 years on that guy is just in a pub going Yeah nah they just <laughs> yeah. gave me 50 <laughs> grand to say that Yeah, And that's the worry That in 20 years the Piers Morgans Of these like, sort of opinion shapers are They're, holding they're, us they're retired in their, in their mansions And they're like oh yeah I said a lot of shit I didn't mean But that mm. was my career at the but time people, And that does hold us back, back That it's, mentality it's, yeah.
1: it's, it's, We're heard and we're moving as fast As the slowest people allow us yeah, which and is a kind frightening of like, thought when you look at some why people. Why are you it? dragging us mm-hmm. back? Yeah. Why are you dragging us back? It's, it's weird that in the last, mm, what, three or four years, we've taken such a huge step back in terms of uh, our social evolution that now it's kind of like, what, Nazis are a thing again, racism <laughs> yeah. is a thing again, yeah. sexism <laughs> and misogyny is a, a thing again. Why is all of this stuff coming back? In the 90s, well, because we you... were so pissed off about how fucking liberal everyone was getting that we decided to bring it back. It's just like... F-
0: yeah, not long ago, you would have said the Nazis were prob- uh, were done for, probably. It didn't look <laughs> likely that, that they would get another go at that. But as you say, uh, the idea of a backlash against liberalism is sort of amazing as well. You can, we can all remember when the world was just appeared to have got its ship pretty much together. I can yeah.
1: understand smug people being objective. Oh, really? yeah? yeah. And I can understand uh, uh, far liberal, you know, when it's... um. When it's kind of almost as fascist as... When you're so far left that it's almost as fascist as being far right, I can understand all of that, but I don't understand how uh, when it's just where compassion isn't the thing.
0: Yeah, it should be pretty possible to not have to be, you know, in inverted commas, far left, or to not have to be extreme, to just live in the vast majority of people who believe in human decency as a general thing. It shouldn't be that hard for that to be the motivating force behind all of our decisions you'd think for most people. I,
2: I can understand as a thing as well where I think often there's a knee jerk thing that people have towards being told off.
0: Yeah, that's and I a think a lot of it is goes, just that.
2: Everyone goes, Oh, I don't want to get told off for something whereas actually if you just listen for a bit, you go, Oh, that's totally fair enough. And a lot of people are reacting to this idea of people think of themselves everyone thinks of themselves as being a fairly decent, a nice guy. person. Yeah. And if someone says, Oh, you know, you shouldn't be doing that thing you're doing It's almost the knee jerk is to go, no, I'm I'm a good guy, so I won't have this. Whereas actually, it's almost like you just take a step back. And also, if someone backs you up and says, if if saying, actually, you really have to change lots of elements of your life... Uh, to avoid climate change, and actually we, should, we shouldn't be doing this, shouldn't be taking as many holidays, shouldn't be trying to take more and more public transport, shouldn't be driving in cars. Shouldn't be hiring Jim
1: Davidson to congratulate <laughs> Nigel Farage <laughs> on national TV. That's fucking embarrassing. But if, Everyone saw that. But
2: if shouldn't. someone else says that's ridiculous, your brain almost wants to align with that person because they're telling you you don't have to make changes.
0: Yeah, especially if you've been... It's easier to I've been in all my life, and of course it, if you start hearing about me and being bad, you, instinctively you do yeah. think, yeah, but that means I've been a baddie for four yeah. years and no-one likes pretty sure I'm, a, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm a great I'm, guy. I'm a goodie. If, yeah. if you look at the narrative, I'm the central <laughs> yeah, character yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So surely, I, and that's the same with everything, yeah. And it's true, it is true. Our dread of being told off for stuff yeah. right from school. You, you, even if you're naughty, you don't like thinking of yourself as... Because you can't have a worldview where you, you, you yourself are oh, the, the bad, bad guy, it, yeah. obviously. So you'll do almost anything to protect your conception of yourself yeah. as the good guy. And people will fight quite hard for that. I unless you are a psycho. Myself. Unless you hate yourself. In which case, so, all bets are off, I think. So yeah,
1: I'm just like, oh, yeah.
0: No, oh, I'm shit. I'm a, I'm
1: a real evil cunt eat, <laughs> eating this chicken. If you identify as an evil
0: cunt, then, then it's a more difficult conversation. I don't though.
1: identify as an evil cunt. I I just have a low opinion of myself. Yeah. So I'm the, I don't walk around thinking I'm the hero of my own story.
0: So are you like more like one of these indie films where the bloke has to learn to love himself or yeah. you're not even on that I'm trajectory. Like, I'm like
1: Matt Dillon in, in, in uh, any of his films. <laughs> <laughs> a troubled loner. Are you going to have a nice third act twist, you think?
0: or uh,
1: Are
0: you going to be an uplifting one or are you just going to be one oh of these no, like, v- um, bleak st- films that get four stars but people don't necessarily <laughs> feel good about
1: it? Win Oscars. But yeah, it'll also be called Leaving Las Vegas. Right. So that's you. That's me. <laughs> I'll be the Elizabeth Shoe character.
2: <laughs> that's fan club. That's
1: fan club. We'll play a song. Um, Shall we play a song? Yeah, we'll play a People song. People do that on the radio sometimes, What's your song? It's The Walkman.
0: Oh, yeah, The Rat. It's a great song, actually. It is, it's, it's, I mean, people say banger these days, don't they? But mm. if I was younger, I'd say it. Mm. Well, brace yourself. This
1: one's a banger. Nick Helm of Nathaniel Metcalfs SoundCloud,
0: på Fyba Radio.
1: We'll probably need a new ident as well, so that we've got, like, not just the two. We've probably got, like, we've changed it up throughout the show. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, just thinking out loud. We're still in the
0: studio? Could have been a chat you had after the show, I suppose. Right. Right. Say it again? You could have had that chat
1: sort of off air in a way but I like to leave as soon as we are <laughs> off yeah, air yeah, yeah. I like to just zip right out don't of the building. Be here at five I don't minutes be, past the hour still no, I don't want to be wasting my time um, <laughs> get it done now um, uh, so t- can Mark t- we're, we're sitting with Mark Watson um, Hi can you uh, tell us a little bit about um, what a smart meter is because I don't really know what a smart meter is I
0: didn't know until I got one which is quite recently and it took me a while to work out how to use it as well but all it does is sits in your kitchen or something and monitors how much you're spending on your energy. So it's quite good if you're naturally tight because you can see like how much the kettle boiling costs and lights
1: out. How much does a kettle boiling cost?
0: It's all right if you just, it's obviously negligible, in- but if you do what I do and forget you've boiled it and then you end up boiling it mean, nine times, times, it yeah. starts to mount up a bit and you do start thinking. So you save money quite quickly because you start thinking, maybe I'll see this cup of, three, the cup of tea tr- through to the natural conclusion <laughs> rather <laughs> than like maybe I'll actually nail it first time. It is also quite fun unplugging stuff and watching the price go down. It's oh, like yeah. a sort of game of wit. Um, but surely it's always going up, isn't it? Well, yeah, it doesn't go down. It's hard to see how you could get it negative, even if you actually unplug the machine itself, which I don't think you can do. But, yeah, you can... You can gamify it, as you, they say. You basically gamify it, yeah. So for people of our generation, it's quite fun, because rather than looking at your meter with all like, weird like, kilowatt hours and stuff, it just says to you four quid, and you think, right, that, that could come down. Um, and you start to become like your dad, being like, you know, your parents won't, won't have anything plugged in. Everything's on, everything. is like, that's wasting. It's quite fun. It's tiny amounts, but it is quite nice to. I also quite like knowing how much the bill is, because almost all bills in my life, I never look at them when they like phone bills and stuff. I don't really know. I just see the money disappear. And there's a horrible day when of the month when everything's gone. So I prefer it this way, I think. Um, you just get it from your energy provider, and I think it's quite a good idea. But again, it's quite a small. But also, the, apparently the idea is that if the, the meters allow them to um, sort of codify our general electricity usage, so then they can run the grid more effectively and all this sort of business. But
1: How does it even work, though? So what do you... Are, well, it how, just, does it connect, how do you connect... Can you take your headphones off? Yeah, it's weird, isn't because it? you I'm, I'm not wearing the headphones. I've got my there. you're neck. rustling. F- yeah, you're right. Your beard is rustling against the...
0: And also, it felt a bit weird having them around my neck. Just I felt like Smashy and Nicey or something like that. Well, you right. can put
1: them on. I feel like it feels like we're doing an actual job. I know, it's just quite loud you well, But you, you don't on, have now. to put one.
0: on. Okay. You don't have to. I've got them on now, but it's <laughs> weird because it means that you're only about three feet from me, but I can hear you incredibly loud in yeah, my ear. Yeah, that's
1: good. But, but my voice is uh, very it, w- warm and chocolatey. It
0: really is, actually. Yeah. I'm enjoying this a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know yeah. what this reminds you of? Have you ever been on one of those motorbikes where that... Uh, a taxi, motorbike. Two or three times in my life I've um, no. done this. You I've get... actually
1: declined the, that sort of thing. Rightly but so I think it's too scary. i
0: am the sort of person to get quite anxious, so I've had to do it two or three times to get between shows and something. And the bloke that's driving does this basically. He's in your ear in a big pair of headphones saying things like it's gonna be alright. And it is quite oh, all right. see it depends on the driver. Is that reassuring or if you're already anxious, does it just add to it? It's a bit of both. When he just says, this is fine, we'll be there in a few minutes, that's reassuring. But now and again, he'll say something like, now, this looks like a really small gap we're going through, but don't worry, trust me. And things like that I don't like. I'd rather not have a commentary on that. I'm
1: just about to enter your anus. (laughs) Yeah, stuff like that. that, I don't think I'd
0: want that necessarily.
2: No, presumably it'd be interesting because he'd be... In front of you, yeah. so you'd be wondering how, how that was going to how, happen. How how it's it's happen. happen. Yeah.
0: You'd feel very, even more insecure than you were yeah. in a motor park. Yeah, this is why right. doctors and surgeons aren't given a, a headphones headphone set <laughs> to it. I quite like <laughs> or, it. Or do
2: it, do it from not facing
0: you. Mind you, the equivalent is if you're having brain surgery, you can stay awake and watch that happening. What, like, watch your oh. own brain on screen because they sometimes do that on purpose so they can monitor the brain. That's oh, my head. No, in. thank you. I think about that quite a lot. The oh. idea of watching your your own, your own brain your own brain on, just on the telly so as they're going into it you're using your brain to watch that brain being it's very it's a very unpleasant thought you're I think.
1: using your brain to watch your brain
0: essentially yeah oh, what's I that know. like
1: is that's like um, it's like
0: one of these things that you hear about right in it that's yeah. like
1: using um uh bacon to as tongs to cook bacon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like if you had a barbecue, but the tongs were themselves sausages. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I quite like that idea That's a fun idea. That'll show the vegans, (laughs) wouldn't it?
2: sure as morgan does when he
3: cooks yeah his, uh, he doesn't just have meat but all the implements are made out of yeah, yeah, yeah. meat as well
0: and his house is all made out of beef
1: <laughs> um but but so how, how does a smart meter uh, connect from like let's say my oven and my kettle and then how does exactly uh, how, how does it does it know? All? i've got no
0: idea it must but surely it's the same as it that when you get your bill so something's counting it isn't it i suppose so i suppose so it's just it's instead of a meter counting it it's just a little wireless device is it wireless is it, I, I think about my own you've one you've got one yeah I have but I don't really know if it's wireless <laughs> not, cause someone set it up for me yeah it must it must just tap into the same into the, same the, meter. Sort, into the right. meter into
1: the meter yeah, right, but okay.
0: instead of having a meter in your toilet or something you can actually see it so it's not here.
1: connected to all of your devices it's just connected to the one meter it makes yeah, so but I think more sense
0: now but right. it's sort of talking to your devices in the mysterious way that things can these no days. it's not doing that I though, bet it is it's, it's in the ear of No. No, no, no. All it's doing is is just basically giving it's you a read these from the meter. smart meters, they're spying on us, are they? Yeah, I, yeah. That's probably <laughs> probably better distance myself from <laughs> that messenger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I yeah, assume it's, probably, it's just basically showing the same thing as on your meter, but in a way that you can understand what it is, and you don't have to get a man to go down to the cellar to. That's one of the big pluses. Of course, no you don't have to let
2: someone in and have a look at your... Thing.
0: Yeah, and sometimes you have the embarrassment of not knowing where your own meter is, yeah. and they're saying, well, they're often in your toilet or your cellar. Or and you're pointing at one and they go, that's not I mean, it, that's, not it. that's the other terrible. one. Terrible.
1: I'm entering your anus. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, when someone shows up at your door and says that, <laughs> yeah. you, that's always
0: a nightmare situation. I sometimes don't let them in. No. only yeah. <laughs> if they're just on the buzzer. You go, no, thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll normally ask a few follow-up questions. <laughs>
2: is it flat C? You have to, is that you right, the right one? No, sorry, I just have to be...
1: Oh, oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that makes okay. sense. Well, good luck with him. <laughs> I saw you do stand-up in 2004.
0: That must have been quite close to the beginning.
1: We at C Venues, uh, but it wasn't C Venues, it was this little... Uh, street down the down the oh, side, yeah. You did it late night, and it was when you still doing. Uh, you, you used to talk in a Welsh accent. Mm.
0: Those days, I did. Yeah, and me and Rod Gilbert did a Welsh show together about Edinburgh. Mm. In That's time. right. To totally be right. fair, though, it was my first Edinburgh show, <laughs> and we saw Rod you. stuck to it for ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still doing <laughs> yeah. it as far as <laughs> I like know.
1: We saw <laughs> me and my friend saw because you were in. You did it, I was doing theatre at the time. I wasn't doing stand up, and I saw you. Oh, uh, with uh, you know Phil Stop, don't you? Phil start, Yeah. I, I do. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I think we might have
0: to. I was at university with him.
1: Yeah. And I did a show with his brother Rob in the C venues. Anyway. So my friend Ollie from my university, we went to see you. And we were there a night when you started talking Welsh and then you stopped halfway through. Yeah. And you said, I I that. I'm not really Welsh. I remember that. And I felt like, wow, we are witnessing something special here. Yeah. I. Unless you did it all right. No, I didn't do it.
0: No, I only did that ever a handful of times. So that was... Um, you did. You did witness something special. Yeah.
1: When did you start doing comedy then? 2000... And, when did I... I still haven't started. Sorry, yeah. When did you plan <laughs> to start doing according, comedy? According to people that... According to Live at the Apollo viewers, I still haven't. 2006, I did yeah. my first gig and then I started properly in 2007.
0: It's weird, isn't it? Now that we're in 2020, you look, like when you said... 2004, that does sound like a proper chunk of time ago. Yeah, so and also, that song we played was, I think that's 2003 or 4 mm-hmm. And suddenly, you, you can easily remember things that were 15 years ago, and you do start to wonder.
2: You admitted to not speaking Welsh well, while well, Nick was smoking a big cigar in, indoors
0: on a plane, yeah. On a plane,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it all, it's all so different now.
1: I mean, when we when I started doing stand up comedy, I remember I, you could smoke indoors. Oh, for sure, mm. yeah. I would smoke a cigarette, I would put it out, and then I'd go on stage. They'd call my name, and I'd put my fag out, and then I'd go on stage.
0: And from the stage, you'd see the smoke
1: hanging in the um,
0: <laughs> in the. If you were emceeing, you'd see the smoke build up. More get on and more, stage and yeah. just be like,
1: Phew. "Mark Watson, you know." <laughs> they used to be filthy
0: places, really. Even some Edinburgh venues, you could, you could smoke, and you'd have you'd be
1: in a yeah. Yeah but they used to give out free cigarettes in Edinburgh there'd be like the cigarette girls and you'd be like having a chat with your family and then they'd come over and say do you want a packet of camel camel <laughs> camel gold and you'd be like yeah all right and then get like a free ashtray and stuff
0: it was a different time weird now they give it's out like fucking... samples of artisan pastries and stuff like that
2: it's a good job edinburgh venues are such healthy places to sit in now
0: <laughs> oh yeah
2: it's a
1: different world <laughs> now. no
0: one's ever got seriously
2: all
1: from sitting in a fringe show these days uh, what's your favorite film up <laughs> uh, i mean this sounds
0: a bit weird but it probably is it's a wonderful life i think Yes, even same. though, sure. even though you only see it sure. really Why snap absolutely why I've, not? But it is obviously quite a sentimental choice, but I do... No, I, that's fine. I've watched it more than I've watched any other film, oh, I think. That's fun, that's fun. That's all we needed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is the game, Mark. This is better or worse. You have to say, well, the next person is better or worse than the person before, based entirely on my own opinion.
0: On your opinion? Yeah. OK. Beginning with...
1: They always say that.
2: Cuba Gooding, Jr.,
0: yeah. Yeah. Cooper
1: Gooding
2: Robert Jr. Downey Jr. Better or worse than Cuba Gooding Jr.? Better.
1: I think you. are both I low think
2: cards you think that Downey Jr. is
0: worse than Cuba Gooding Jr. Better.
2: Okay, better. Fine. they're better.
1: both very low cards.
2: Robert Pattinson. Better or worse than Robert Downey Jr.? Better.
0: I think still worse. Better.
2: Worse. He's worse. He's better, okay, so better. Robert De Niro. Better or worse than Robert Pattinson? Better. De Niro better. Surely. Better. Yeah. Robert Redford better or worse than Robert De Niro? Oh, that's not
0: easy. That's yeah, not I'll say easy. Redford better.
2: I think he's better. Yeah, yeah. better. Sharon Stone a better or worse than Robert Redford? Worse.
0: No, I'll go better.
1: Worse. 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 Well, so we still worse. we're still on Redford. Emma Stone. She's a high
0: card. Oh, Emma Stone. <laughs> better or worse than Sharon Stone? Better. Uh, no, I think worse than Sharon Stone. I think better. It's just because Emma Stone's you not know, been around as long, mate, She's been, been around Stone. a fucking long I time. Understand. Zombie Land
1: was 2008, mate.
0: I take your you point. Mm. So we're on Emma Stone. Emma Watson, better or worse than Emma Stone? Worse. Worse than. Worse. So yeah. still Emma Stone.
2: Emma Thompson, better or worse than Emma Watson? Better.
0: Thompson, better. Better, yes, yeah. Seniority, if nothing else.
2: Angelina Jolie, better or worse than Emma Thompson?
0: Worse. Worse than Thompson. Worse we're still on Thompson. Thompson.
2: Sure, yeah. Not just Christophe as an actor Walsh, as a human. Better or worse than Angelina Jolie?
0: Uh, Walt's better better. I think.
2: better? Yeah
1: Well I, I think mean, that's a decent That's a weird one though To say that he's better Because he's only really done That one film where he was great mm, Seven. Seven.
0: Oh, was that my score? That's his score. I thought so, you were Throwing the film seven <laughs> <in> <laughs> yeah, somewhere. Is, I, I It's seven better that. than yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: surprised <laughs> uh, I'm surprised that, uh, that, that I mean what the fuck Is going on with this Fucking screen Natalie? Is it? Uh, what the fuck is going on? It's, There's a picture oh, Yeah How's that? An upside down photo on it I mean, you've scored bang on seven, which is... What's going on?
0: (laughs) It looks like it's about par, about... Yeah, Yeah, I know it's a tweet, but it's
1: blocking up the top of the fucking... uh, Look, I've got to read them out. But you can see You You
0: can see I'm level with quite a lot of other people. Yes, there we go. go. All right, there we go. So so nine is the top score. So you've got seven. Nine is the top. Ten would be
1: best. Ten was best, but no one's got a ten this year. No, but it was... Uh, Coming up to our second, uh, the end of our second year... Uh, but you scored a seven, so you're as good as Kevin Allison, Joe Costa, Alistair Green, Lloyd Griffith, Max Halley, Harriet Kemsley, Kim Newman, Morgan McLean, Juliet Sear, the last sceptic, David Trent, Toby Williams, but you're not as good as Tom Crowley, Rhys James Marsh, Julius with nine, Omar Aliboy, uh Paul Gannon, Nick and Naomi McDonald, Dan Schreiber, and Jasmine Torres with
0: eight. It's annoying because some of those were But you're to, better than like...
1: Bronte Barbie, Jay Foreman, Will Jackson, Ginger Johnson uh, with six, and uh, sadly, originally flavour with five nice boys.
0: Too original, by the sound of it, in <laughs> some of their glasses. Yeah,
1: um, it's frustrating. I
0: took a couple of gambles there, and if I played it a bit safer, I felt like eight or nine were within you made my reach. You make some
1: absolutely fucking insane decisions there. Sometimes you do because you, you, Sharon Stone better than Robert Redford.
0: I just felt like in what universe? Well, <laughs> it, 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 you know, potentially in Nathaniel's universe brain. That's the thing. I don't know. He's very good. No. Spe- I, I do read you talking about mind uh, you, from, you say that sometimes, but it's a lot to remember. Isn't you it? say
1: that. I know whose <laughs> vagina I'd like to. See. More.
0: Well, that's what I thought. The
1: Criterion was Robert, likely to come Robert down. Robert Redford's. To. Yeah, fair
0: enough. Still should have gone for Redford. Still should have gone for Redford. I mean, the star
1: of Our Souls at night, Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! That <laughs> 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 fucking hell. Who else have you got in it? Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda and Robert Redford in <laughs> Our Souls at night. <laughs> Our Souls at night. Based on the book, also of that. <laughs> oh, title. same title. Is
0: it really? it is. I got a. I got a free. Got sent a copy of it because by, <laughs> by the same publishers as mine, and I looked at it and thought. And obviously it's an American type I yeah. thought, Well, that surely gets changed, doesn't it, before <laughs> it comes out that's uh No. Someone saw it. Bald Someone must breath. have seen it. Assholes at night. <laughs> Huge decision. And even in the American accent, it's not that different. Assholes at night. It still is an issue. Asshole.
1: Assholes Arsehole. at night.
0: Assholes at night would be in a lot of American. movies <laughs> in actually. it? was <laughs> <laughs> in it? These assholes. <laughs> um, it's the end of the show. So your first date is when? Uh, it's in May in Wells, and then Wells. Is Wells part in- of the Wells Comedy Festival. It's part of the Wells Lovely Comedy festival. Shipping North in Oxfordshire which is sort of
1: uh, Tory Heartland you had your opportunity not... earlier to do all this yeah we got didn't got even know anything. The show. <laughs> yeah so well this is ready to start thank you very much for coming in Mark you're uh, very welcome here. everyone get <laughs> a smart meter food for the <laughs> food for thought vegan food for thought
3: <laughs> what the fuck is that right uh, <laughs> I think
2: Sweet. You've been listening to a Foobar radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com.